Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. The Super Bowl is set, and it's exactly what we all thought it was going to be Friday when we finished up the show. Well, sort of, kind of, maybe. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. He's Joe Ryanagel. Obviously, it didn't go as well he was hoping in Vegas because he's here today. I'm, I'm here today, Max. yeah. I'm not a millionaire, so it didn't work out that well. It was a fun trip, good trip. And, you know, the best part about it, Jason, was actually being there in the sports book, watching the games, because it was a it was a mixed crowd, right, for both games. You had mostly Cincinnati Bengal fans. Really? Yes, and mostly San Francisco 49er fans for the late game. So um, I was in the minority because I bet on the other teams and lost both games. So uh, I, I, I didn't walk out of there happy, but it was fun. For the record this weekend, I had both dogs, and they both covered. Yeah, they so did. So I was, I was happy that San Francisco I, – I was worried when the Rams got that late touchdown that they would try to punch it in and rub it in, and that would have cost me, but uh, um, three and a half. You mean yeah. the the late interception that was not Jimmy Garoppolo's fault? How was that not Jimmy Garoppolo's fault? Dude, Are you kidding? He was making a Pat Mahomes type move. He's not Pat Mahomes. Trying to save it, and Trey Sermon dropped the ball, hit him right in the hands. Throw it away! You can't play like that. Right in the hands. It was not. Look, I don't want to hear a bunch of Garoppolo bashing today. You okay, know, everybody, Jeff Garcia. Every, everybody, here we go. Everybody says that Jimmy Garoppolo is a whore. well. I'm not the only one. <laughs> Right? I mean, everybody says he's a horrible quarterback. I don't see it. I mean, yesterday his stats were pretty good. They weren't that bad. A couple of touchdowns. So I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with him. I mean, honestly, I don't think he is. Uh, he's not that bad of a quarterback. He's he's not. And he'll he'll do wonders in Tampa Bay when he replaces Tom Brady. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you you look at it. Weren't you just waiting for the Jimmy G moment? I was. How, I mean, how, he's he's Ryan Tannehill. How? No, Tannehill. Yeah. Look, no. I, I, look, yeah. I, I'd, I'd rather have Garoppolo. Okay. Okay. And I tell you why. Because Garoppolo, at least what he was doing there, I mean, it was a it was panic time, mm-hmm. wasn't it? For San Francisco, they had to do something. He was trying to make a play. Mm-hmm. The throw was a little high. He was under duress. He but should have just hit, thrown it away and not taken a sack. But your guy's there. Yeah, you figure sure. he wouldn't have taken a sack. I, uh, it was a great play. He tosses it out there, and it it was a little high. Trey Sermon should have had yeah, it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, hey, look, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy for Matt Stafford. I'm a big Matt Stafford fan. He spent 12 years in, in the hell of Detroit. <laughs> okay, so the guy, you know, he, he had no playoff wins. Am I right? Correct. 
until he gets to Los Angeles. Now he has three, and he's going to a Super Bowl. It, it is pretty incredible, and we'll talk about both of those games quite a bit today. Tom Brady, is he or is he not? I'll tell you now, Tom Brady is doing his podcast today. Sirius XM says it's going to drop at 6 o'clock. Maybe Tom Brady wants to control the message. Go figure. That would be the case. But he he's also got to figure out the timing of it because, what, has he got a $12 million bonus if he's on the roster on a certain date? That's right. He does. And uh, even though Tom Brady and his wife, Giselle, don't need an extra $12 million, how do you pass that up? Everybody needs an extra $12 million. Maybe so. I, I mean, everybody. You know, that's the thing with rich guys. They never have enough. If you've got a and rich guys have the ability to get richer because they know how to make money. Well, they have money to make money. Yes, you capital. Know, yeah. I, I love that whole thing. Was the oh, man, rich guys? You know, they know how to make money. Well, they've got you got to have money to make money in some circumstances. Yeah, right. So he's got a lot of money, so he can you know pay guys that are a lot smarter than he is, or I am, or you are that will make them money. That that's it. Twelve million. <laughs> you know. And not that the Buccaneers won't do it. His announcement versus when he actually puts in paperwork could be two very different things. But the whole Tom Brady thing over the weekend with Shefty and Jeff Darlington from ESPN, they're sticking with their original reporting. They're not backing down regardless of what Tommy's dad said. But if Tom Brady really wasn't going to retire... Tom Brady would have taken to Twitter over the weekend real quick and said, that's BS, news to me. Instead, we heard from his agent, which was kind of vague. We heard from his dad, which was, Tom's not ready to make the announcement yet, kind of kind of thing. Tom Sr. denying it, but, you know, the agent saying Tom's, you know, still thinking about it. I just think if it were really untrue, Tom Brady would have been really quick to put out a video or put out a tweet saying that Shefty is wrong. But why not let Tom Brady make that decision? I, and I get that's what Schefter and those guys do. They break news like that. But, I mean, come on. The guy's been – he's the best quarterback in football history. Mm -hmm. All right? Let him make that decision. You know, why can't Shefty just call him and say, hey, Tom, this is what I'm hearing. Can you confirm that? Well, he probably did. And what Tom said, no? You know, I saw a meme over the weekend, uh, obviously a fake – text thread tom are you retiring tom said something and it said not delivered said something else not delivered and then yes got through in <laughs> <laughs> the, the back and forth who, who knows but shefty said it so you know it's going to happen so whether tom was ready to or not since shefty has put it out there tom has to retire now that's that's the rule that's the rules right <laughs> that's the rule well no i hope he doesn't now I hope he says, you know what, I'm, I am going to go one more year, and we're going to try and get this thing done. Because, you know, even unless this was already decided before this year, I mean, this is too quick to make a decision like this. It's a, It's been a week. It feels a little fast unless he knew at the beginning of last year that this was going to be his last. What the thing to do is, is he's talking to Arians, he's talking to the Bucks. What are you going to do? How are we? You know, what are the plans for this team? Are we going to have a shot at a Super Bowl next year? I mean, that's where the decision comes down. I mean, Tom Brady doesn't want to play in a team that that has no shot at reaching the Super Bowl because what else does he have at this point in time? He has nothing. So if that team, if he thinks they've got a shot at, at making the Super Bowl again, you know, why not come back? That's the way I see it. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll hear from Tom today. 
And so it will be all over the place as the Sirius XM drops here in a couple of hours. I wonder what time they record that interview, but we'll get into it as we continue. But let's talk about those games yesterday. Oh, man. I did not think we would have the quality of football this weekend that we had a couple weeks ago. And let's face it, at halftime of the first game, it was looking like a snooze fest. It was 21-3. to Should have been at the very least 24-3 to at halftime, if not 28-3. to But Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City offense, they made a boneheaded mistake that, and there were there were some mistakes made throughout the day. And I know I look at things through uh, blue and silver glasses. If Mike McCarthy would have done those, if Dak Prescott would have done those, you know there would be you know people with pitchforks marching onto Jerry's property to get rid of Mike (laughs) McCarthy. But the great Andy Reid and the great Patrick Mahomes with a couple of the dumbest plays you will see in football. Well, that that last play, and, and you can look at it a couple of ways. We were talking about this earlier before the show, that, you know, Tyreek Hill has a tendency to make people miss. Yes. But just like the Cowboys before in the wild card game, they're taking a chance because they had no timeouts, and you think that Mahomes thought he had one left. It, they had that. They lost that timeout on that weird challenge. But if you look at that play, Mahomes was looking at the ref trying to call a timeout. It wasn't there. He didn't, he didn't have one to take, and time ran out. Now, in that situation, you have to throw it into the end zone if you're going to throw it. If you're not going to settle for three, you've got five seconds. you got a chance for one quick play into the end zone, and then maybe you get your field goal. But you can't throw that ball in bounds. But the one guy maybe you can throw it to in that situation is Tyreek Hill because I think nine out of ten times – Tyreek Hill in a one-on-one situation to make a guy miss and get one yard for a touchdown, I think I'd put my money on Hill to make that play. And as boneheaded as it was for Kansas City, tip your cap to the Bengals' defense and Eli Apple for making one hell of a defensive play. Well, Jason, you're up 21-3. to Mm-hmm. You make it twenty four to three. You get greedy. You You, get greedy. But and you get the football back to start the second half. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that was just a, a just dumb. I mean, you're going to have a three touchdown lead going into the second half, and you get the ball to start with. I mean, how in the world do you not take the points there? I mean, they were moving the football. Cincinnati was having a very difficult time stopping them, but you've got one of the biggest tight ends in the history of football. I mean, can can you just not throw it to him and have him get it? I mean, in the end zone is what I'm talking about. So I, I just think that that was a huge turning point. Gave Cincinnati a lot of momentum going into the halftime locker room. And credit Cincinnati for what they did, some of the adjustments they made, to completely shut down that Kansas City offense in the second half. Well, I, I'll tell you what. the At one point during the broadcast, the great Tony Romo said, whatever the defensive plan is, you've got to throw it away. They've got to do something different. And at halftime, that is what the Bengals did. And it, they, in the second half, they dropped eight in coverage, 45% of pass plays. They only did that 25% in the first half, and Mahomes was taking everything underneath. Everything underneath, right? Second half, those plays weren't there. He, he what, threw for 60 yards, 59 yards in the second half, got sacked a couple times, and then had, again, some bonehead plays. The interception, but even... Towards the end, could you imagine they were trying to figure out, do they try to score and win the game, but trying to make sure Joe Burrow had no time left on the clock, 
or do we have an easy field goal? And he took that bad sack and even fumbled the ball in that situation, yep. uh, just running around being nuts. It was crazy. You know, as as much as we criticize the Cowboys and their problems in that wild card game, you have to say the same for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Because obviously Andy Reid, the great Andy Reid, was outcoached by Zach Taylor in that second half. There's no question about it. I mean, it was, it was, it was a great job of making the adjustments that needed to be made. And hey, Cincinnati's going to the Super Bowl. There you go. Live with it. And uh, Joe Burrow, right? He's going to make a lot more money and buy more necklaces. Joe, cool. And those are real, by the way. <laughs> those are real. He, he's, somebody asked him about his, his chain. Dude, you just won an AFC championship game. You're going to the Super Bowl, and some guy's asking me if your necklace is real. And I appreciate his honest answer. Dude, I make too much money to wear fake. Apparently, apparently he hasn't talked to Ocho Cinco, another former Bengal, <laughs> who said he used to always wear uh, fake earrings because he could get bigger. They looked better, but if he lost it, he wouldn't be distraught. It's kind of interesting. But you go back to, to Tony Romo at the end of that game and think about the conversation that was leading up to that with Romo and Nance. And he's talking about, well... Kansas City has a chance to score here, take the lead, and win this thing in regulation. Or are they trying to set up for a field goal to send it to overtime? And Tony Romo tried to be a comedian, and Jim Nance just totally whiffed. I mean, anything. There's many things. The ball could slip. I mean, I've seen guys in the playoffs drop a snap before in a big situation. Apparently got that away in time, the snap. But he steps back three yards, downs it between the hashes. And now they'll bring out McPherson. Well, let's just see if he happens to say anything here as confident as last week. You missed my joke, though. I said, I've seen guys drop a snap in the playoffs before. Oh, you on a joke, and you talk about your own blunder in Seattle, and your partner doesn't get it. Move on. Move on. I think he was so pissed off that Jim Nance didn't get what he was talking about. Well, Jim Nance should have gotten it, shouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. You should have gotten that, and, and it would have been a funny moment. And, you know, I, I admire Tony for making fun of himself there. I'm glad he can finally do it. It's been a long time. Well, it has been a long time. But, you know, that's kind of the <laughs> that, you know quarterback blunders. That's kind of a Cowboys thing, isn't it, in the playoffs? Stop. <laughs> yes, actually. It, 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 it's kind of that. But, but I, I, again, Credit the Bengals and the matchup that we're going to get with the Rams. I'm a little worried that Joe Burrow might get sacked a thousand times by Aaron Donald. <laughs> he might, Devon Miller. But man, jo- but Joe Burrow did show yesterday athleticism. That let's face it, you're lying if you're going to tell me you've watched a lot of Bengals football this year. Now you probably saw him a lot at LSU run for more than what he's de- uh, done. I've seen all over social media some of his basketball highlights. We know the kid's an athlete. But his escapability yesterday against the Kansas City Chiefs was impressive. And and I do like the idea of, it was, for me, the Rams-Chiefs or Rams-Bengals, that makes a good Super Bowl. As long as San Francisco and the 49ers aren't a part of it. Because I want good quarterback play. I want great quarterback play, Joe Reinagle, in the Super Bowl. And just the matchup that we could get. And you're going to see that with Matt Stafford in the Super Bowl one year after he was able to join the L.A. Rams. I mean, it was a year ago yesterday that the trade went down. It's crazy. Well, you know, the Rams went all in to get to this point, yeah. right? With Stafford, you got Von Miller. 
Um, and, and they upgraded their, you know, I mean, their, their entire team and it's, it's paying off for them. And I, I understand what you're talking about when you're talking about good quarterback play. Although, again, I think Garoppolo's not as bad as everybody tries to make him out to be. However, having said that, that San Francisco team, you got to give them a lot of credit, man. Mm-hmm. Nobody expected them, you know, to go into Dallas and do that. Nobody expected them then to go to Lambeau and do what they did to the Green Bay Packers. And then they gave the Rams everything they could handle yesterday. And so, man, give them a lot of credit. They they played their their butts off, that's for sure. They did, but again, you have a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, and you can't put that game away. They had a player, what's his name, Tart, who had the easiest interception he'll ever have in his life. And he dropped it. He and did. on the very next play, Matt Stafford made him pay. And, and Garoppolo, in crunch time, in his numbers, he was 16 to 30. I'm no mathematician. That's about 50%. <laughs> it is, yes. I mean, you know, he wasn't awful, but he wasn't great. I want to know, though, Kyle Shanahan. Did you forget about number 19? Debo Samuel did not touch the ball in the final eight minutes of that game. How is that possible? I don't know. I mean, he's your best player, obviously, by far. It's just, you know, here's what's going to happen, Jason. And Debo Samuel is a, he's a unicorn, right? I mean, he, those kind of guys just come, they don't come around all the time. But here's what's going to happen now, I'm afraid. Teams are going to draft guys that they think are the next Debo Samuels. And then they're going to find out that there's not another Debo Samuel. You know what I'm saying? They're going to sure. waste a draft pick. They're going to think they've got this guy that can play running back, play wide receiver, do it all. And I think it's going to come back to haunt them. I, I, it happens all the time when you mm-hmm. have a guy like that. They think they're a dime a dozen all of a sudden coming out of college, and they're not. Well, and again, I mean, when you look at, at Debo, and he was on, was it the Fox pregame show doing an interview and he's sitting there wearing shorts and you just see those trunks that he has. And, oh my gosh. You know, you and I, every time we go to Oxnard for Cowboys training camp, a lot of those wide receivers have really skinny legs, right? The, you know, Debo's got these trunks. He's built that way forever. We've seen, especially under Jason Garrett, whether it was Dwayne Harris or lucky Whitehead, you know, these, you know, receivers that were always going to get the ball on a jet sweep. And you knew as soon as one of those guys came in, they were going to try to run the jet sweep, and rarely did it work for the Cowboys. <laughs> but if if you've got if you've got Debo, and the way San Francisco played that first half versus the way they played the second half, the Rams made some adjustments. Obviously, Matt Stafford got going in that second half, especially to OBJ. You get two receivers with over a hundred yards. But Garoppolo was an efficient 8-12 in the first half and finishes the game, you know, 16 of 30. And they get outscored 13 to nothing in the fourth quarter. You have a 10-point lead, and you get away from what got you that 10-point lead. Um, hats off to San Francisco for going into Dallas, going into Green Bay, and blowing a lead in the NFC Championship game. But the Jimmy Garoppolo love... I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not I, I don't know about that. I'm not in love with the guy. I just really? don't think he's as bad as everybody thinks he is. I mean, what I what I like about a Jimmy Garoppolo yesterday. I mean, the the guy hustles. He tries. Mm-hmm. There, there's effort there, uh-huh. right? And maybe he just doesn't have the tools to get it done. I don't know. 
But I love what he did on that last play. I love what he did on that last play. And I guarantee you, had he completed that pass and the drive continues, who knows, right? And then we're all singing a different tune about Jimmy G today. I just think what he did there, there were two guys that had him dead to right. Uh-huh. And it sack. He gets away from both of them. The third guy gets him. He shuffles the ball out there. It's a little high. Trey Sermon should have caught it. He throws an interception, Joe. It Off of Trey Sermon's hands. On a pass that was thrown the way he did. That's that's where, I mean, he's not Patrick Mahomes. No, he shouldn't have, he's not. He shouldn't have tried that. Just throw that into the bench area and live to play another down. Don't take I a sack. I appreciate the hustle. I do. And the effort that he showed there. All right. They, look, they weren't good enough. San Francisco overachieved. And they did so because of their defense. Their mm-hmm. defense, you want to say anything, their defense let them down. Or you could say it was a spectacular performance by Matt Stafford. I think it was a spectacular performance by Matt Stafford. Okay. Um, I'll go with that. I, I, I mean, and again, San Francisco defensive back makes an interception. I mean, that guy is going to be 83 years old someday and wake up sweating in the middle of the night about that drop. Yeah. That that is one of those plays that will haunt him the rest of his life. I know he's tweeted out that it won't. But I think about Blake Gideon with the Texas Longhorns years ago against Texas Tech has an interception go right through his hands and fall onto the ground and a couple plays later Michael Crabtree makes an incredible touchdown catch. Blake Gideon dropped the crystal ball. That would have been another natty for the Texas Longhorns. Well, dude, Why that's... do I remember Blake Gideon for anything? I shouldn't. <laughs> but that dude cost the Longhorns a national champion. That's... And if you're a 49er fan, that tart guy will haunt you the rest of your life. That's why those guys are playing defensive back. <laughs> they can't catch. If they could catch, they'd be playing wide receiver. That's the reason. It's possible, but the thing, we've we've got a Super Bowl matchup. Rams were down 10. Bengals were down 21 to 3. And they're going to the Super Bowl. I I mean, the storylines over the next couple of weeks are going to be incredible. I mean, because there's a lot of us that have been Bengal fans, I mean, lifetime Bengal fans for the last 10 minutes, (laughs) right? And again, I don't know who I want to root for in this game. Because I really like what I'm seeing out of Cincinnati. I'm falling in, falling in love with the hot new uh, toy, if you will. I mean, you know, there's so many great storylines where you're talking about a young coach, a, a Joe Burrow, a Jamar Chase, uh, some of the talent there, Trey Flowers. They've got a San Antonio kid yeah. on that Bengals team. I mean, there's a lot to like about the Bengals. Don't they have a Chidobi Awuzie? A Cheeto? Cheeto? They do have Cheeto. Yeah. They, they do have Cheeto. I thought it was funny because all over social media today was, it's funny how a cowboy has to leave Dallas, go to Cincinnati to get into a Super Bowl. They also have a, a dude named uh, DJ Reader <laughs> who left the Houston Texans to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. DJ Reader, friend of the show. We did an event with him a couple of years ago with the Texans caravan came into town over at Sideliners, and the event was over, and Reader... Stayed at that bar, I don't know, a good two hours. <laughs> and like a lot of the people that were there early had left, and then he stuck around. And I don't know, there might have been about 15 people there. The The bar bill was ridiculous. He bought everybody drinks. Nice. It was, it was, I'm a, I've been a big DJ Reader fan since that night. Um, cool dude. I'm happy for him. Uh, he gets to go to the Super Bowl, but it's hard. 
to pick against the Rams. Although, interesting fun fact, the game is at SoFi Stadium. Yep. That is the home of the Los Angeles Rams. Cincinnati will be the home team. Exactly right. The Rams are going to have to go find out where the visitor locker room is. <laughs> so do you think there'll be a lot of Cincinnati fans? No. I, I disagree. I think there will be because just what I saw yesterday in Las Vegas. Now, maybe they're all bandwagon fans, Jason, and that may be possible. Did but they have jerseys? Th- a lot of them did. I don't know if you're a bandwagon fan, you go with a $150 jersey. Well, I'm not sure all of them were $150 jerseys. I got you still. They, yeah. 50 or do you just get a t-shirt for the day? Maybe. Or you just wear black or orange? And people walking around the casino with Cincinnati Bengal jerseys on. I mean, so it, you know... I don't know. They may have a, more of a following than you think. Uh, you know, they're all coming out of the woodwork. They I, are. I mean, I, I've, I know one guy in town that's a true Cincinnati fan, and that is Chuck Blunt from the Express News, the, the food writer guy. Right. Because he posts about them all the time. I don't know anybody else. A, a friend of mine went to school in Cincinnati. He said he's not a Bengals fan. Because I'm trying to figure out what to cook on Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati's famous for, like, chili and their spaghetti. And I, I don't know that I can do you can't that. Can't do that on the Traeger. I, I, I'm not. I don't know that I could do that on anything. <laughs> I know their chili is a little bit different, but Cincinnati's got to have better food options. Uh, well, in Los the, Angeles, what is that? Sushi? Probably sushi. Or well, what you'll find is every place in L.A. and you you've been to Oxnard a thousand times. Yes. They all have the world's best clam chowder. Of course. And some of it is good, especially out in Santa Monica. Absolutely. There's yeah. some, but again, every place you go to. Is the world's best clam chowder. So I, I don't know. Maybe we'll have some chowder in, in the mix. If San Francisco is there, we'd get it with the uh, sourdough bowls because that's what they're famous for up there in San Francisco. We'll figure out the food for uh, Super Bowl Sunday as we continue here on the Blitz. But the the big story of the weekend, besides the games, the reports that Tom Brady was going to call it a career. We'll get into that as we continue here on the Blitz. No one covers the Bengals and Rams more than a little sports station down in San Antonio, Texas. Always have San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM. You know, it was one of those Saturday afternoons where you saw the tweets, and I don't know what your first reaction was, but mine was, man, I don't know if this is real. And I don't doubt Sheffy, but I kind of want to hear from Tom. It is the Blitz. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. If you're listening to us right now on 94.5 FM, tomorrow we're going to be on 103.3 FM. Apparently the switch will get flipped tonight around midnight. I'm really not sure what happens. Do we unplug one thing and plug it into the other uh, and, and switch it? I, I don't know how it all works, but I'm told tomorrow... If you want to hear us, you got to go find us on 103.3 FM. And it's going to be a better signal. It's a bigger signal. Bigger, and it's better. Bigger and better. But you can still find us on 1250 AM, too. Correct. Or Facebook. Correct. But if you just wake up tomorrow morning at 94.5 and you're hearing some hip-hop music, just understand We 103 is going to become We 94.5 and we're going over to 103.3. <laughs> so I'm just saying. You know where to go. You've been warned. Yes, and you will be warned more, I'm sure, during the course of this program today. Correct. And I've got to start learning. You used to have to learn how where we, where we are to say where we are. I just learned 94.5, and now i got to learn 
I don't even know that you've actually learned 94.5. I still write it down. You still write? Well, but you always just say 1250. 12, I do say 94.5. Sometimes. 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 Well, I have to do it with, with some of the things I record. So 103.3 uh -huh. is where we're going tomorrow. That That is correct. Okay. And again, if if um, it's going to be nice. It's going to be fun. <laughs> just hit your preset now. Make the adjustment. Although, yes. when I say now, when you get to wherever you're going, you're turning your car off. Yeah. Go, go find 103. Save that as your preset. I don't switch off today because you know we're still we're still on ninety four five. You know you sound bigger on FM. I'm taller, taller, taller. Okay, not so, bigger. Yeah, I've been a big guy before. <laughs> I'll never get back to three hundred. I can promise you that. Well, no promises here. You know, I mean, you'll never be three hundred pounds. I'll never be three hundred pounds. You, Joe Reinig will never be three hundred pounds. I won't. Sorry. I will never be three hundred pounds again. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good. So we know that. Yes. So I, I'll always say I sound taller. Taller. Not, not, Sorry, I didn't mean. Yeah. Yeah. Fat. Yeah. You call it. He fat. sounds. He sounds a little. Uh, I'm a little yeah. fatter on 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 one zero three three. It's all good. So, Tom Brady, the announcement, he's going to retire. My first thought was, I, I, I mean, it's kind of one. It's like when Tim Duncan retired. You knew it was coming, but it was. It was hard until it was real, until I heard from him. And then, you know, you get the short press release from the Spurs, and you go, yeah, that's the way Tim will do it. The timing of it seemed odd for me. But if you're Jeff Darlington, if you're Adam Schefter, as soon as you get that news and you have triple confirmed it, you've got to go with it. That's not something you sit on as a reporter. You, you just can't. So you think they triple confirmed it? I do. I do. But well, with who? Well, I think Gronk finally got a USA account, and so there's one source. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, I, I don't know who all their sources are. You know how sources work. And you know, especially on a story like that, you can't retire a Tom Brady or announce somebody's dead without making sure. And I think those are one and the same. Like when you, you if you get news that somebody has passed away, you don't want to tweet out that they're dead if right. they're really not dead. Right, no, I, you you've got to figure out ways to do that. I think with Shefty though, he's got people in high places that I think he probably would go with it without triple checking it. Right? I mean, if you've got a a, a guy in the front office of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or a guy that, you know, best friends with Tom? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Giselle? Giselle, well, maybe it may well, there you go. If it's Giselle, maybe she said he is going to retire. Not that it was his choice that he was going to. Well, he doesn't have a choice now because Shefty has put it out there. I mean, <laughs> you know, if Woja tweeted it, I'd know for sure it, it was happening. Well, I, I mean, it, it, it really is one of those unfortunate parts of the media business that gives us all a bad look. Everybody in the in the it does in, in the business it does. But that is the job, and. I would like for Tom Brady to be able to control the messaging, but that's not the world that we live in, and Tom knows that. But I do believe if the, if it was 100% false, we would have heard something directly from Tom saying that Shefty got it wrong, and we didn't get that. Well, and maybe we'll get that today. That's possible, or we'll get the other side that he confirms the story, or I can hear him say, you know, I haven't made up my mind yet. I could hear all three coming from Tom Brady when he does his podcast coming up. Well, what I'm bitter about, though, is that Saturday, mm -hmm. 
I'm in the middle of a casino, <laughs> trying to have some fun, trying to gamble a little bit. My phone's like bzz, 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 going off, and I see this. I'm going, ah, man, that's a bummer. Right? So I tweet back out, hey, you know, thanks for all the good time. You're the goat. Yeah, yeah. Happy retirement. And then like an hour later, it's like, it's, wait, is this true? So I tweet, I'm is, back. Tom, is Tom Brady <laughs> retiring or not? You know, a- a- again, the L- NFL calendar timing is there, and his agent mentioned that. The dad, eh, I, I mean, because he wants his son to be able to, you know, do it however he's going to do it. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he had a TV special like LeBron called The Decision <laughs> where he could raise some money for, for a charity. Jim Gray hosts his podcast. Did he promise Jim Gray the exclusive? Did, I, I, I mean... And again, it's on on his own timeline. But even what was it? One of his foundations, the TB12, whatever, also congratulated him on a great career and a tweet that <laughs> has since been deleted. So even yes. even like his business people thought it was real. Well, you can see that it 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 could very well be. I mean, the man's going to be forty five years old by the time the season begins, uh, in you know later this year. I could see that. I mean, that's just unheard of, right? What was Blanda? Forty-seven. Yeah, but I, I you mean, remember George Blanda? Oh, he was just course. a kicker, too, right? I mean, he's just a kicker, a quarterback. Well, you know, he, he smoked in the locker room at halftime. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a different time back then. But I, I do look at at Tom Brady being the competitor that he is to not want to go out like Ben Roethlisberger, where you're going, all right, dude, it's time. Like, everybody knew Ben was over but Ben. Yeah, but, dude, did you see any indication that Tom Brady is anywhere near Ben Roethlisberger? No. No. No, but I, I also look at the status of the Bucks roster. That's huge. And Tom Brady not wanting to play for a team that doesn't have a real shot at a Super Bowl. And, and that's it. I mean, that's the decision right there. It has nothing to do with Tom Brady and his skills. Look, everybody knew for the last couple of years that Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. was not the same guy that he used to be. And it just you know steadily got worse. With Brady, and we were talking about MVP early in the year, mm-hmm. right? About midway through, I mean, hey, Brady for MVP. He's playing great. So I, I just his skills haven't diminished. It's either, like you say, it's it, it has everything to do with the Bucks and what they're going to do, or... You know, some some guys just like to pick and choose when they walk away, Jason. And mm-hmm. you know, the, a lot of the greats like to just pick and choose when they walk away and do it on their own terms. And not many get that opportunity. <laughs> not many can walk into the boss and say, "You know what? I'm done." Right. I'm done. Yes. The game doesn't allow that. I know. But for Tom Brady to control his own destiny. Now, does that mean He's going to look for another team to go to. Could he end up in San Francisco? Because Jimmy G won't be there next year. They've committed a lot to Trey Lance. I don't see that happening. Do you? A reunion with Bill? No, 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 no. They've got their guy there, I think. Does he go home again to finish his career there? You know, Robert Kraft loves him. Um, Here's a tweet. Let me just say this. From a guy by the name of Greg Allman and my friend Evan Klosky retweeted this it says uh some wrong read from the same wrong tweet brady gets the 15 million dollar deferred bonus whether he's on the roster or not 
but he must also repay $16 million if he retires. This isn't why he hasn't announced the decision on retiring, and that's all it says. So I didn't know that, and again, take that for whatever it's worth. It is a tweet, but I trust uh, Evan Klosky, who is uh, the main anchor in Tampa mm -hmm. up there. So I trust him. If he's retweeting this, I'm assuming that uh, that that's got some legs to it. So he gets fifteen million, but he's going to have to pay back sixteen million, which makes no sense to me at all. So he ends up losing a million bucks. A little cap gymnastics, but I'm sure that they'll uh, make that go away. There'll there'll be some creative accounting done there to where he gets a nice retirement uh, party. But but again, I, I just look at where where else could he go? But if Tom Brady is out in Tampa Bay, let's say if Aaron Rodgers. If he ends up in Denver, does that not open the door for the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> and Dak Prescott? Well, I mean, it when, does. You, when you look at all the great young talented quarterbacks are playing in the AFC. You know, I mean, you got Matt Stafford in in, San, in uh, LA and San Francisco. They're going to end up going with Trey Lance. They invested right. way too much to have him sit another yes. year. Who knows what's going to happen in Chicago? Eberflus introduced today as their new coach. Can Brian Dayball really fix a, a Daniel Jones in New York? I mean, you look at what's going to happen in New Orleans. The NFC is wide open for Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys right now. You still have a guy looming out there by the name of Deshaun Watson who could very well end up with a Washington football team or a Philadelphia Eagle football team. That is certainly the possibility, and if not that... Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, which is AFC. So I'm rooting for Pittsburgh. So so we'll see what happens. I mean, that that's still out there, and I think it's the end of February is when all of this, uh, at least criminally, mm -hmm. is supposed to be decided. So that's coming up, and you, you just never know where that guy's going to land. And wouldn't that be interesting if he landed in the NFC East? It, it, the offseason is going to be a wild one for sure. Tom Brady is doing his podcast today, the Let's Go podcast, Sirius XM, to the point this is so big, they put out a press release that, yes, Tom is doing the podcast today. <laughs> Tune in. Well, why not? It's that good publicity, and a lot of people will. Yeah, absolutely they will. We And we will be all over it in the 6 o'clock hour letting you know what Tom says on his podcast. And if they produce it right, They'll drop the news, whatever it is, pretty late in the show. Yeah, like at the end. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, Tom, did you want to say something? Yeah, there were some reports. Oh, yeah. I can see Jim Gray. <laughs> Talk about Tom. There were some reports over the weekend. Your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Jim, you know, I was just trying to enjoy a Saturday afternoon, and my phone started blowing up. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> I had no idea where this was coming from, and we're out of time. <laughs> I can see that happening. As, let's, let's keep this going a little while. So is your career. Speaking of <laughs> phone blowing up on Saturday, Ryan Eagle was in Vegas over the weekend. Then I see a dude that parlayed a $20 bet, a prop bet, and turned it into $579,000. What? Yeah. And it wasn't me, Clearly, because you're at work today. Yes. But we'll tell you about this crazy story as we continue here on The Blitz. The Moose, Daryl Johnston, will join us in about 45 minutes. Everything's bigger in Texas. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. A week from today, we're going to be in Los Angeles. Our AA Best Bail Bonds big game coverage powered by Texas Cheer Liquor. 
Radio Row. It's going to be fantastic. Great Super Bowl matchup to talk about with the Rams and the Bengals. Then, of course, <laughs> there's always the uh, the gambling aspect, the prop bets that you get for the Super Bowl, right? Absolutely. You know, Ryan Nagel, there was a guy this weekend that used a site credit, so it wasn't even like his real money, and he parlayed a $20 final score prop on both games, 29,000 to one odds, and he won $579,000. You know, that that is incredible, and the fact that he didn't have to put up any money is pretty incredible. Dude, the guy nailed the score of both games. <laughs> How does that happen? Dude, I, it, it doesn't. That's why the, the that's why 20 bucks paid out $579,000. I mean, you know, the book takes that and goes, "Sucker, that was yeah. 20 you won't get back." Right. But, but that but that's in that the fun of what we do? I I mean, when you're you were just in Vegas, over the weekend, I'm yep, sure you yep. had the opportunity to go with some odd prop bets. I'm sure the in-game betting for the coin flip at overtime was, uh, you know, pretty interesting if if you're into things like that. It, it's just, to me, to pick the final score of both, I was sweating out, you know, because I, I had the Rams winning, but I took San Francisco in three and a half points, and, you know... You, I was sweating that the entire game. Dude, I'm telling you what, that that is just incredible that this guy nailed both final scores. I mean, that's just a, that's a one-in-a-lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like winning the lottery, right? Basically, that's what he did. But to nail the score, I mean, how did, you, how did he come up with that? I mean, I would like to talk to that guy and say, what, did you, did you get a voice from God? <laughs> I mean, did, it, how did you know? What just Did that just pop in your mind, the score of both of those games? And I, I mean, much less picking... Cincinnati to beat the Chiefs when nobody else thought that was going to happen. And then uh, as close as that game was with the Rams and the Niners. Uh, uh, incredible to me. The the idea that to, to him to go 27-24 and 20-17 to 17 is, is, is nuts. Even on one of them would have been crazy. Um, but... Yeah, the, 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 you know every every game you see you know score predictions on the on a lot of pregame shows generally not even close. I forget what our score predictions were, but I don't think either one of us turned out to be close like that. But that's the fun of it. Speaking of of TV, I know you were in Vegas. Yes. So I don't know. I know you were watching the games, but yes. What the hell happened to the CBS halftime show? Oh, <laughs> well, I, I actually didn't see that until this morning. I guess the speakers were all jacked up and screwed up because you couldn't hear anybody talk right on the panel because the country singer was singing. Well, and it was the Applebee song, which is what pissed me <laughs> off. I didn't realize I that. I love that song. Yeah, but I didn't realize that was a real song. I thought it was written for a commercial. No, I, I, it's I, a real song. I did not realize that was a real song for whatever i i i thought that was one of the, some jingle that was written for applebee's and no, some guys Apple- out there singing it i realize now applebee's i'm not a country guy so i i didn't realize that was an actual song but see you got it you got a, a country folk uh-huh right when you you're going out on a fancy date is what he's talking about he's taking his date to applebee's that's <laughs> that's the fancy place he's going to and so applebee's picked up on that probably paid this guy a gazillion dollars to sure. use the song and and the rest is history, but it's a great song, right? It, it it's 
It's interesting to it's me. It's a great song, Jason, isn't it? It's interesting to me <laughs> that CBS had that so screwed up to where everything that goes into these productions. And I thought at first that they had the, the whoever's running the sound was turning up the wrong button, lever, whatever. And we were getting the speakers as opposed to getting everybody's mic. How do you set that up? and not know where the halftime entertainment is going to be. Well, I mean, that that comes down to all the people that they have behind the scenes, right, that are supposed to do that. But look, I, I, I've worked for, obviously, the CBS affiliate for the last 25 years, but that CBS pregame and halftime show is it's terrible. It's just not good. That's <laughs> true. It's not good. Fox blows them away. There's no question about that. It's kind of like, and, and you know, no offense to our great affiliate ESPN here, when you're looking at ESPN and TNT, for the basketball TV, there's no there's no comparison, and it's just I, I don't know why that that it, the scales are so tipped when it comes to stuff like that. I, it, it is it is I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's kind of one of those the the CBS show. But at what point do you just punt? At what point do you tell Jim and Tony go back to the booth, put your sandwich down or whatever you're snacking on at halftime, and get back to the booth for them to let that go for that long? And not just toss it to break and try to figure something else out is beyond me because, yeah, because you that was hear an anything. embarrassment. It yeah. was it was awful. It was terrible. It, it was terrible. But it may have been better than listening to the other guys yak. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, I'm 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 kind of ha- I'm really happy the game is not on CBS this time around. Can you imagine Boomer Esiason and just glowing? The problem is we're going to have to listen to Chris Collinsworth and his bangles. Yes. Well, and Boomer, too. They may invite Boomer on the show. Who they knows? Won't, they won't do that. <laughs> you, you, you'll be damn guaranteed they won't do that. Wow. They won't do that. Uh, my buddy Hal just sent me a text. The Applebee's guy, he just recently played over at Chicken and Pickle. Well, there you go. I had no idea. How about that? Still don't know his name. He's the Applebee's guy. He's the Applebee's. I don't know his name either, but... <laughs> I thought you were a country music uh, fan. Look, I don't know You're names. You're supposed to know these Dude, things. I don't know names of songs or artists. I just know the song. It's the Applebee's song, and it's a catchy <laughs> tune. <laughs> Applebee's, by the way, has the best commercials. I don't know who they hired to do their stuff, but they're always good. Now they're they're using the Cheers song. Are they really? Everybody knows your name kind of thing. Yeah. Huh. So come on in. Sit down. Walker Hayes is his name. Walker Hayes. Okay. It was right on the tip of my tongue. One guy listening that knew that. (laughs) Everybody else just calls him the Applebee's guy. And it's scary because I have no idea who he is, but I was like, the, the things that when that thing first started, I was like, what are they doing? Is somebody running the audio at CBS? With the Applebee's commercial somehow in queue that's coming out over the air. I mean, there was just, it was just a disaster and they let it go. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. Tomorrow we will be on 103.3 FM. So change your presets. Add 103.3 to your presets. Do it now while you're thinking about it because otherwise, instead of Rob and Rudy tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up uh, listening to some some great hip-hop music. Not the Applebee's guy, though. He won't find his way on to tomorrow. It will be We 94.5, and we will be on 103.3. They're going to make the switch somewhere around midnight tonight is what I'm told. Were you singing that Applebee's song the rest of the night, weren't you?
Not really. Yeah, you were. It was in I, your I, head. I, I really. It's, it just rolls around in your head, and you just got to keep singing that thing. I don't think so. I, I don't <laughs> think that's how it how it works. It's, the Moose, Daryl Johnston, will join us coming up at 5.30. There is some Cowboys news to talk about, because there always is. And this involves Dak Prescott. We'll get into that as we continue here on The Blitz. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. It is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. Soon to be on 103.3 when I say soon, like tonight. Like in 24 hours. Tomorrow on the Blitz. Well, we got a lot of big things happening tomorrow on the Blitz. First, we're all going to sound taller on 103.3. Right. Can we get a little breaking news? This is breaking news from San Antonio Sports Star. And also tomorrow. And another reason why you want to go ahead and make that 103.3 preset. Troy Aikman. Will join us on the Blitz tomorrow. The at former Dallas Cowboy quarterback. That is correct. Three-time Super Bowl champion. That one. That guy. Yes. Okay. Yes. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Haven't talked to Troy in a couple of years. Well, we talked. Yeah, we talked to him at training camp. Was the last time I talked to him uh, back in Oxnard last summer. And love Troy Eggman because he he tells you what he feels he does he does not hold back and so that should be a very interesting conversation to say the least when you when you look at and you think about all the different things we're going to talk to troy about he's got his new beer it it, it launches tomorrow eight i've had it it's good um but you think about you know having troy aikman on well he wrapped up his broadcast season on sunday with that great game but it's going to be a lot of questions about Dak and some of the comments that he made. I want clarification from Troy Aikman on his comments after the playoff loss, talking about Michael Irvin would have had 10 catches at halftime if yep. they would have played him. Yep. I want to know, is he being critical of Kellen Moore, or was he being critical of Dak Prescott, or a combination of both? Because we kind of disagreed a little bit about what we thought he meant by that. So it's going to be nice to go... Straight to the horse's mouth, so to speak, and and find out exactly what he meant by that. Uh, absolutely, and I think it's going to be, um, well, just I, I mean, hell, it's Troy Aikman, right? I mean, that's enough. Yeah, that that right? that is enough. I mean, it, it's kind of one of those things, and you know, you, you don't get to talk to Troy Aikman all the time, so this is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. So, um, put it put a little calendar invite note to tune in to one hundred three point three FM. <laughs> You think he'll he'll I can ask him about Jimmy Garoppolo? Sure. And whether he thinks he's a good quarterback or not? I mean, he's not a bad quarterback. Hell, he's been to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship. That's game. true. I mean He was Tom Brady's understudy. He was. For what, three years? There's been a lot of guys that have been Tom Brady's understudy over the last twenty. <laughs> I mean, one of them's the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. That's true. That guy, as he used to say, he won a Super Bowl ring holding a clipboard like a champ. You got to love this country, <laughs> don't you? What a great country this is. Hey, I, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, a lot of guys have made a pretty good living holding a clipboard in the NFL. Absolutely. And Garoppolo could go back to that, or he could be a starter somewhere. And again, he's not a bad quarterback. He, he's not. But there's that moment in the game where you just wait for the Jimmy G mistake. 
and and I like to compare him to Ryan Tannehill. Not because you're a Titan fan and I'm taking a shot at no, your that's guy. Fine. I, but I, but yeah. I, I look at, you know, Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback of the number one seed in the AFC, right? But he's good for a couple of mistakes a game. And or three. It, it, well, in, in the championship game, it was three, and that led to a cocky kicker uh, eventually sending the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, when you, when you look at that, I mean, Ryan Tannehill's not a great quarterback. No, but, he, but he's, he's not. not a, but he's not an awful quarterback. Not, no, he's not. He's and not neither a, is Jimmy G. But man, oh. well, when I look at what happened yesterday, and and I see the the hustle and the effort, and I just think you get a guy like that. And I think there's been quarterbacks all over the league, you know, for from the beginning of football that try so hard, and they just either don't have the tools. Or mentally, they don't have it completely together, and they just make that one mistake that just costs you. But to see the want to in that guy yesterday, I, that, that's what I appreciate. That's kind of why I, I like Drew Eubanks so much, and I, and I talk about him too. He just gets out there and he hustles for the San Antonio Spurs. And I'm not trying to switch gears, but you uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like guys that get out there with a little passion, with a little just the effort, mm-hmm. and they're going to make mistakes. And I, I still think Trey Sermon should have caught that ball. Well, he 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 probably should have. I think Tart should have intercepted the pass from Stafford, and it, and it's a mute point. We're talking about a San Francisco Cincinnati Super Bowl. Well, and it should be. It, wouldn't it be great if it would have a rematch, Tennessee and the Rams? That would have been awesome. Sure. So you could come up a yard short. Well, that's fine. What a Super Bowl that was, right? <laughs> it was. I mean, it was the greatest show on turf that they were going after with Kurt Warner and those guys. But, I, you know, it's just those little things. You're not over it, are you? I'm not over that. <laughs> Especially that last interception. That was just pathetic. So so I, I will criticize Ryan Tannehill. I still think he'll be the quarterback of the Titans next year. And he just hopefully learns that, you know, you don't – he. With that football team, you don't have to win the game. You just you just don't make mistakes, and you'll be okay. And again, I go back to Jimmy G and the offense. Kyle Shanahan has now been a part of let's see the biggest meltdown in Super Bowl history. How many how many big leads has this guy blown? A ten point lead in the fourth quarter of an NFC Championship game, and watching. The, the crew this morning on Get Up, I thought Orlovsky was going to lose his mind, and maybe Michael Irvin, too, on with Stephen A., talking about Debo doesn't touch the ball one time in the final eight minutes. That is your guy. And it's not like the Rams all of a sudden took him away and he wasn't available because you could always hand it to him. You know, it's one thing in the sure. pass routes, but hand it to him. But I look at, at Matt Stafford, what a great story for him to – Change teams, OBJ, I mean, they were all in this year, but OBJ, his best game is a Ram. By the way, got a million-dollar bonus yesterday. Nice. Um, well, good for him. And he'll get another another cool millie if they actually win the thing. But, you know, for OBJ to do it, he does. Cooper Cup, they defended him pretty well early, but somehow that guy figured out how to get open late. Dude, he always gets open. Always. He had, what, 142 yards yesterday, and he dropped the pass. That would have probably got him another 30. If not a touchdown, If too. not a touchdown. I and mean, the guy is just incredible the way he's open. And he and Stafford developed a relationship that that is just fabulous. And now with OBJ, 
I mean, that that only helps Cooper Cup. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, so, you know, they're going to be a very difficult team to beat. And I don't know who I like yet, but... we got two weeks to figure we, it out. I just think it's they're going to be a tough team to beat. Again, I've, I've said it all along. They're the most complete team left. And obviously, there's only two left. But I think L.A. is the most complete team. And as Micah Parsons tweeted yesterday, Cooper Cup is the best player in the NFL. And that's, that was incredible. I saw that. And that's talent recognizing talent. It's exactly what it is. And, and again, you know, young superstar in Micah Parsons, who is going to be defensive rookie of the year, he's going to probably finish, what do you figure, second or third in defensive player of the year voting. Right. And had they finished the season stronger, maybe he does overtake T.J. Watt. But I do like the Leonard guy with, with Indianapolis. And then, of course, you got Aaron Donald. So, I, I mean, yeah. you know, but for Micah Parsons to be in that conversation – at this point, you know, Trayvon Diggs, what did he get today? Most improved player? Most improved, yes. And, you know, Dan Quinn is staying. He's the assistant coach of the year, too, by the way. Joe Witt Jr., who was in line to replace Dan Quinn if he had taken a head coaching job, is going to interview for the Colts D.C. job. You see all these coaches are starting to finally fill out a little bit. But I look at, at the Cowboys, where their defense is, and you would expect them to continue to get better with another year under Dan Quinn, whatever they decide to add in the offseason. Dak Prescott apparently has reworked his deal. Yes. Which you expect with a major contract like that. All these contracts are constantly reworked. Well, whatever they're doing is going to open up about $16 million in cap space for the Dallas Cowboys. And that's awesome for them because they're going to need it. They've got a lot of free agents. And I think it was John Mishota last week that told us he doesn't think that both Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence will be back. One of those guys will be gone. I'm not so sure the the Cowboys have invested too much in Randy Gregory to let him walk after you finally get a good season out of right. him. Right. DeMarcus Lawrence is still an impactful player even though his stats don't show the sack numbers that you want to see, but he's getting all the double teams. I I'm more concerned on the receiver side with the injury to Michael Gallup. What does that do to whatever they were planning? When it comes to Amari Cooper, you know, CD Lamb is going to the Pro Bowl. Can CD step up and be a number one receiver? And and when is Michael Gallup going to be healthy? And what happens to him? What if he gets a free agent deal? Is somebody going to money whip him? Even though next year might be kind of a wash coming off off the injury that he's coming off of. And Amari Cooper, Cooper's contract as it sits right now, not looking good to be a part of the roster next year. Right. But if Amari loves it in Dallas, like he says, does he rework his deal to be a little bit more team-friendly? He could be, but back to Dak Prescott, this is what a leader does. And I'm going to give him all the credit in the world. This is what a leader does. You rework your contract to make sure that the team can go out and do what they need to do in the offseason. So props to Dak Prescott. Everybody hear that? Because I hate the Cowboys, obviously. That's <laughs> what go. everybody says. Here we go. Props to Dak Prescott. The young man showed some leadership today. It today. Didn't, it didn't cost any money. Look, you can, regardless of what you think of Dak on the field, I don't think anybody has ever questioned his leadership ability. No. I And, and he's a confident young man. That's for sure. But I think he's one of those guys that people are just attracted to and they will follow. You know you know what I think, though? When you look at, and 
please, there's no comparison. I'm not making any comparisons to anybody. He's on but, Twitter at Joe Ken's five. Get you, ready. You you look at a guy like a Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. okay, a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen. Those guys play with a confidence that I didn't see from Dak, especially in that game against San Francisco. You know, I I don't disagree with that, and it, it's interesting because when you Look at the first seven ball games last year. Dak played with so much confidence. Yes. He was not the same looking player when he came back from that one game that he missed with the calf. Yep. And everything was short. Now, they deny there was any kind of injury, but he got rid of the ball so fast as it was it was either a lack of trust in the offensive line, but nothing developed. I mean the amount of plays, and I'm sure people have all the stats somewhere about explosive plays and passes 25 yards downfield that were just a part of the natural offense. Not talking about, you know, scramble drills when you're trying to get a big play late, but just within the offense, it didn't seem like there was a lot of that. But we have seen, I mean, Patrick Mahomes yesterday in the second half looked rattled. He did. He, he looked did. right. He looked like Dak has looked yeah. if we're making those comparisons. Because there was something with the defense that he didn't like or, or, or whatever was going on. But yesterday's game, first half Mahomes versus second half Mahomes, was two different players. It was, and I think the Cincinnati adjustments had something to do with that. I think they rattled him, and that's why I say I think Cincinnati's coaching staff bested Andy Reid in that second half. They made adjustments that Kansas City just did not react well to, and that's what happened. I wonder how much, and to get into the mind and the psyche of a pro athlete, which I don't, I don't think you can ever question them. I, I look at like Nadal is a quirky dude off the off the court, but I mean he could play tennis for five and a half hours, but you know get him to pay attention to anything else for five minutes, and he doesn't seem possible, right? Right. Right. But I do wonder, though, if the final play of the first half bothered Mahomes the rest of the game because you let one get away. You made a boneheaded play, and you just wonder, was that just in the back of his mind when Cincinnati was able to you know, go from 21-3 to to 21-10 to that, all right, well, let's go get it back all in one play, and you know you can't do that. You know, because aside from the defenses, we've seen Patrick Mahomes make adjustments too. He just looked like a completely different guy. Like that play ruined the rest of the day for him. You know, when you play golf and you have that yep. really bad shot on the third hole and you just suck the rest of the round because you're, you're thinking, thinking about, about the it. one, I just felt like Mahomes had that in his mind the rest of the game, as did everybody else on Kansas City. Coaching staff, the way they were calling everything, I give all the credit to Cincinnati. But I, I do feel like you never saw any kind of adjustment from Patrick Mahomes or the Chiefs in the second half, for an offense like that, you would think that they would. You would think so. I mean, there had to be something. But I think you're right, because that that was such a momentum killer. Even if you just walk away with three points there, you've got a 21-point lead going into halftime. But when you don't score, then all of a sudden you light a fire under Cincinnati that says, you know what, here we go. This is the time we stopped them. We still have a shot. We didn't play well in the first half, but you know what? We're okay, and we can get it done. And the momentum all switched right there. Because, if again, Kansas City scores there, even if it's three. They get the football back to start the second half. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could make that a 10-point swing right there. 
right? And put 10 points, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's 31-3, to and then the game's over. Well, and to a degree, the confidence that Cincinnati seems to play with. I mean, because what were they down to Tennessee? And, and they rallied back? It well, was, they, they led most of that game, if you'll remember. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I mean, no, they led most of that okay. game. Yeah. So Tennessee had the lead. Or no, Cincinnati had Cincinnati the lead. Cincinnati had the lead most of that game. All right. Because, because I, you know, somebody said. a lot saying, of field goals. It wasn't big leads, but it was a lot of field goals. Well, Tannehill. Um, <laughs> but, but when you, when you, when you look at Cincinnati and maybe they were talking about they were down big the first time they played Kansas City just a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and they came back. There just does feel like there is this confidence within that team that even when they're down, they don't give up. Part of me wonders, in a situation like that, are they the kind of team, once they're down, who gives up? Let's just go play ball. Yeah, could be. Mindset, because they're just they're just out of it. I mean, at 21-3, to I don't know how many people were thinking Cincinnati had a comeback in them to make it a game. I know some people, Rudy J., that were tweeting that it was over. And and he wasn't alone. A, a lot of people were. But he was tweeting that before the game started. I think his tweet was, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Rudy, that it was the super or the AFC championship game was played between Buffalo and Kansas City. It was, and everybody knew that Cincinnati didn't have a chance, and Kansas City was on their way. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people felt that way. Although I think Rudy says his account was hacked. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Anytime you have a dumb tweet, you just scream hacked. Hacked, right? Yeah. It was hacked. It was hacked. <laughs> it, was, it was hacked. Hey, look, I, I I put my money where my mouth was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> Rudy J watching on Facebook Live saying he was hacked. I know you were, Rudy. I know you were. But I took I took Kansas City minus the seven points. And I Granted, I was feeling pretty good when it was 21-3, to 3, but I was screaming at the big screen that I was watching yesterday at the sports book going, what kind of a play was that? It was so dumb. And, and again, I had you know Cincinnati in seven and a half. So I felt pretty good most of the day yeah. um, um, when that comeback was coming. But early on, I, I thought I was out of it. Yeah. And, and then San Francisco at three and a half, and I took them figuring that was going to be a field goal game. But... When San Francisco was up 10, obviously I'm going to win the bet at that point, but I just couldn't believe how well San Francisco played in that game. And no, it doesn't make me feel better as a Cowboy fan that they did the same thing to the Rams because they came back. And again, kind of like against Dallas, Jimmy G with a dumb play play. allowed Dallas back in. Jimmy G with a dumb play eliminated uh, his San Francisco team. But that dropped interception by Tart is the play that, you know, everybody on the Rams needs to donate to his charity, <laughs> send him some tips, treats, or something. You know, they they just need it in the offseason. This week you send the guy the cookies. This week you send the guy. Because if he catches that ball, San Francisco's in the Super Bowl. Well, I tell you what, it, it's going to be a good Super Bowl. I really believe that because I like both of these quarterbacks. I uh, the defense for the Rams, you know, but I can't. I gotta say, Cincinnati's defense is is, is okay too. So I mean, this is, I I'm looking forward to a good football game. Yeah, I, I I do worry about the defensive line for the Rams just destroying the Cincinnati offensive line. Well, if Tennessee got to him nine times, I can see the Rams doing the same thing. It, although, did the Rams get us one sack yesterday? 
no no sacks yesterday. I mean, they forced some bad plays, but I'm trying to think what what they were able to do. Oh, oh my well, goodness, we got some goodies just Den- walked Dennis, in the door. Dennis Foley. See, generally speaking, you don't walk into a booth when. But if he's got snacks, we wave them in. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know where they're from, but what what are those? Grab a microphone. Pledge might turn it on. There he is, Dennis Foley from KTSA oh, News. Hey, how you guys doing, by the way? Good, doing good, yeah, excellent. Um, you know, it's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> what, so are we? Are we like the guinea pigs? Then? Oh, I mean, clearly, other so, people have been the guinea pigs right now over there. Yeah, yeah. pledge yeah, will but, eat anything. Yeah, pledge will eat yeah. anything. We yeah. we know that. Well, that's why we we make sure we stop by here because if we got the things on load, we know we know someone in the building will take it off our hands. Are these from a KTSA listener? Uh, arguably, sure. Um, arguably because yes. I, 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 I'm like if it's a Rima listener I'm a little unsure about this well, you, no, you never no. know. well actually it is from a, a local uh, politician's office that's oh, oh okay yes. oh yes. oh these are from Jose yes oh right. well that's okay right. oh yeah yeah I, no, yeah, yeah. I mean if, if I didn't try I wouldn't I would not put you guys so through. it's just not some random person no. that showed up and dropped least, off food I'm gonna take yeah. a little sugar cookie right here yeah. All right. What so are you, you leaving all of those? Or oh, yeah. Are we supposed to? So, yeah. so you it's guys, your, it's your problem. You yeah. guys don't want them. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. All right. There we go. So, so these all right. are all for us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, outstanding. It, it, we're, we're, I'm a little worried that you guys are just willingly giving up snacks. Well, you see, I <laughs> especially can't, Katie. I can't eat them, so that's why I'm getting them out of the newsroom. Oh, they actually, okay. They brought two trays. I ate one already. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right, Katie from the yeah. Meta. And you were, yeah. we're, trying, we're trying to keep it away from some of the staff members as well. You know, gotta gotta really? have that afternoon privilege, right? Arnie, oh, Ooh. we were trying to keep it away from Arnie. We already we already uh, stopped by his office. Oh, really? He was trying to make a deal with us on it. Oh, so so wait a minute. Yeah. So you didn't come here first? No, we actually did. We did. <laughs> hold on, oh, hold that on. Man you on went, the other side you, of the you went to Arnie first. No, actually, we went to the other side of the glass first and. Again. I asked. I asked him, "Hey, when's their next break coming up?" And he's like, 15 minutes." I'm like, "Screw that! I'm going around the rest of the building, and they're probably more appreciative people in the building. That'd be more than happy to have those." Cookies. I'm actually surprised there's people in the building at 5:22. Yeah, that is also true. Yeah, that's I mean, very true. I mean, because I know the the only guy that's ever here on the sales side is Arnie because he's got five kids at home. So, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. everybody, everybody else is gone. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, that's completely understandable. So this yeah, I was a little stuff. concerned trying to unload them, but I'm right. glad you guys are here and man, great having you guys in the building, especially at this time when we got stuff to give away. That's well, great. That's well, awesome. I'm happy Appreciate we're here it. too. Absolutely. Thank you, Senator. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you, well, Katie. I, I, I'm Dennis Foley. I'm not the senator. You're not a no, senator. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no. Yet. I like Maybe that, Maybe someday. I don't know. Even, even that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we got, got it. allergies. That's, that's among them. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, well, thank you. You're allergic to politics. What was yeah, nice, it was a nice treat. New, news talk radio. That makes sense. Something like that. Pre- appreciate <laughs> it. Well, hey, that, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, the, and it's a great cookie. You've barely eaten it, man. You're breaking that up like a little girl. What are you doing? Well, I don't want to put it all in there. I've, I've still got to <laughs> talk, right? <laughs> Although, I don't know, maybe some people out there that say, it's okay, Joe, eat away. Well, look. All right, take a drink of water. Clear your throat. <laughs> I'm going to eat one of these. Okay. Tell me about Stevens Roofing. No one covers the Bengals and Rams more than a little sports station down in San Antonio, Texas. Always have San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM.
It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minutes. Time for Mondays with the Moose. Love Mondays because of this. Daryl Johnston, former Cowboy, three-time Super Bowl champ, analyst with Fox Sports, joining us now. Daryl, always appreciate the time, man. I tell you what, those games yesterday uh, it ultimately lived up to the billing from what we saw a week ago with the excitement level after the Bengals rallied from down 21-3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was going to be hard to top divisional weekend, but uh, they did a nice job on, on conference championship weekend. Um, even though, but yeah, at one point, what, we had an 18-point deficit in Kansas City-Cincinnati and a 10-point deficit um, in the Rams-Niners, and, and especially with the Niners in that situation. Gosh, that's the second time they've done that, you know, going back to that Super Bowl um, when they had the 10-point lead late third, early fourth, and, and you just think they're going to be able to run that clock out and kill that game, and, and they don't pull it off. All kinds of things we can talk about in both of those games, Daryl. But I, I, it seemed like, and I'm going to the Kansas City game, when they didn't score there at the end of the half, they just seemed like a different team in the second half. Did, did you see it that way, or was or was it more about what Cincinnati did? You know, I, I you question the decision afterwards because it didn't work out. Um, it was an aggressive play call. Uh, it's either going to be 28-10, or it's going to be 21-10 going in when you make that call. Um, do, do you want to get the 24-10, just take the chip shot field goal? Uh, you know, th- those are things that are going to be debated. But I, I don't think, you know, everybody will always say that, you know, Andy Reid has always struggled with clock management. That, that, that one didn't have anything to do with clock management. That was, that was just aggressive play calling. Um, so, you know, it, it's, if it works, he's a genius. And when it doesn't work, everybody's going to question him. So I, 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 do, I do think it was a big letdown especially because Cincinnati had just scored on their previous possession, you know, to get it to 21-10 from 21-3. Um, so maybe that was some of the thought process of Andy is I'm going I'm to get that touchdown back as we go into halftime, because I think if, if they score there, it, it's, it's going to be a different, it's going to be a different second half. Now I'm, I'm not a big believer in the fact that you walk in at halftime, spend 12 minutes and you sort out what Kansas City's doing offensively. I, I don't know what the switch was that flipped in the second half, I think you always have to put some of that on the Kansas City offense as well, um, as well as they executed in the first half. I, I don't think they did in the second half, but you can't take anything away from Lou Romo and what they did defensively uh, for Cincinnati. So I, I do think it does play into it because football, it's a game of momentum shifts. It's an emotional game. And, and in that situation at the end of the half, both of those things worked against Kansas City. So definitely was going to impact them coming out second half. When we hear coaches, Daryl, talk about halftime adjustments or analysts talk about halftime adjustments, the, the Bengals, according to the NFL Next Gen stats, dropped eight uh, in coverage, 45% of their defensive sets in the second half, and they only did that 25% of the time in the first half. So how many series does Kansas City see them dropping eight and they go, okay, well, that's what they're doing, so we need to do this because Mahomes did look like a different player in the second half. Well, in, in, if you're rushing three and dropping eight, that means you're, you're covering a little bit longer. Um, you know, Mahomes had a ton of time, but you could see that he really couldn't find anybody, which I was surprised about because, I mean, Tyreek Hill is one of the guys that's out there running around. <laughs> and for, for – for Cincinnati to be able to to keep him in coverage to the point where where Patrick Mahomes didn't feel comfortable of turning that loose to him, that, that's pretty impressive. And, that, and that's across the board. 
I mean, Travis Kelsey. I mean, they've, they've, they've got dynamic people on the outside. So that's, that's your whole thing when you roll the dice with rushing three and dropping eight is, is can you cover long enough until your three-man pressure makes an impact on somebody? Um, I'm, I'm surprised that they were that heavy at 45%, but you did see a lot of it, and you heard the announcers talking about it. Um, but you have to credit the back end of, of Cincinnati's defense because um, they started to get there a little bit. Uh, I think some of the linebackers, you know, whether they were spying Mahomes or, or just kind of shadowing Mahomes, but every once in a while, some of those guys would kind of, you know, trigger and come in uh, when they saw an opportunity, you know, to, to get to the quarterback through an open lane. So I think there were some adjustments that the players did during the course of that second half as well, too, that, that it was a three-man pressure, but they were adding that fourth guy late. And was that fourth guy the guy that was responsible for Mahomes anyways? So um, it, was, it was very impressive, very impressive what they did, um, you know, holding them under 100 yards in the second half. Daryl, obviously everybody's going to talk about the quarterback matchup in the Super Bowl with Stafford and Burrow, but I, we know the Rams have a pretty good defense. That pass rush is going to be a problem, I think, for Burrow, but are we underestimating maybe Cincinnati's defense? I think so, because we had them in week one. So, you know, we read all the offseason you know, acquisitions and really what the plan was, and, you know, obviously they, they draft Jamar Chase, uh, they've got Joe Burrow coming back. They already have Higgins and Boyd. Uh, Uzama, I think they had a good feel for Uzama coming through the spring, that he was going to be a player. The one area that they were, were a little bit uncertain with, I think we've seen that all through the course of the season, was the offensive line. And, and everything else after that point was defense. You know, free agency was $100 million spent on defensive players. Brought in Trey Hendrickson, uh, you know, adding people to the secondary. Um, Shadobi Wouzier comes in. Yeah, it just it, it they they really focused on the defense. And I remember talking to Von Bell that week, getting ready for the opener, and and he said, "We've got really good guys that get it. We communicate well. We're in year two. Um, he goes, "I think we're going to be a, a, a very underrated defense. I think we've got the potential to be really really good." Uh, and they have, you know, they, they've grown all year. Now they've had bumps. You know, there's been a couple of games where, where they haven't played that well. And that's to be expected with a group like that. But but this was a concerted effort by that organization to get better defensively. Um, I don't know how you can underrate them because they've earned the right to be respected. They've done some good things. I mean, some of those Baltimore games and Baltimore gives people fits and, and they swept them this year. They swept the Steelers. You know, they did, they did some good things this year and a lot of it was that defense um and then when you're getting the ball back to that offense and you know jamar chase is as explosive as he is and that that wide receiver group is 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 pretty special on their own right um it it was an impressive team we walked away from that game uh thinking that 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 it was definitely not the four and 12 cincinnati bengals that people were going to see this year but kind of funny that game ended on an overtime field goal by evan mcpherson and and if you go back and look at what evan mcpherson has done during the course of the season He's really the reason Cincinnati is where they are right now. I mean, he had they gave Cincinnati the AFC North crown. It gave them their path to the Super Bowl. Um, so just a great job of the organization, you know, going in the fifth round and taking a kicker uh, at that stage. It's going to be interesting to see if more teams would spend a draft pick for a reliable kicker. Like Jerry, maybe we'll see. Daryl Johnston <laughs> joining us here on the Blitz for Monday's week. Got, got anybody in mind there, Jason? <laughs> uh, just you know, thinking how great it would. I mean, and I love the acquisition of Greg the Leg, but would he miss a kick in eight 
of the games this year. That's that's like half. Um, yeah, that that's one of those things. You know, as you think about the Super Bowl matchup between the Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, the Rams have a lot of veteran players, and many were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They they have that experience, and you look at especially with the star players on Cincinnati offensively, a lot of young players had some big moments in college, but this is the Super Bowl. This is the NFL. You go back to your first Super Bowl trip with the Cowboys. You guys were that young team with a lot of a lot of young superstars. Who has an advantage? Is there an advantage for either the Rams or the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of of experience and in, in age being something that gives you an advantage. I mean, if that was true, I mean, Buffalo would never have played the way they played in that first Super Bowl against us. That was their their third consecutive, and we were the youngest team in the NFL. Um, so if, if you were to go by that logic, it should have been 52-17 the other way. Um, so it, it, it really just boils down to, you know, who plays well that day, um, you know, who's prepared the best, um, who doesn't make the critical mistake. Uh, you know, I, I really think, you know, when, when people talk about playoff football and what makes it different, and, you know, we always talk about the finality of, of that, this, you know, the culmination of the season. And that, that just puts so much more importance on everything you do. So every big play is that much bigger. But also every negative play is that much more detrimental. So I don't think this is going to be a situation as to which team doesn't lose. I think they're both good enough um, where it's going to be about one of these teams winning the football game. But the mistakes will be amplified. And that's the one thing I think when you have a younger team that you might look at it from the from the standpoint of, well, they would be the team that would be most likely to make the mistake. But our team didn't do that. You know, we, we weren't the one turning the football over all afternoon that day uh, against Buffalo. So uh, it's just all, it's all about execution. Um, you know, and that's, that's the hard thing about Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that's what's going to follow him around, you know, the rest of his career is, is in six games in the fourth quarter, six playoff games in the fourth quarter, he has not played well at the most critical time of the game. And as a quarterback, and if you're trying to become one of the elite quarterbacks, that is your time to shine. That is that is when you take the game over. And Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been able to do that in his opportunities with San Francisco. You know, in your experience, Daryl, you know, because I look at Garoppolo and I see a lot of passion from the guy. I see a lot of hustle. You know, he's really trying out there to make something happen. But you're right. I mean, it just doesn't seem to happen in the most crucial times of the game. But you look at that guy play. Is there a possibility that, that he learns that or, or has the ability to snap out of that perhaps for the remainder of his career? Uh, he, he, anything's possible, but you know, we're, <laughs> we, we've, we've definitely, we've got, we've definitely got, you know, we have, it's history, right? I mean, it's, it's happening time and time again. Um, and, and, and in the, in the big games, um, you know, championship games, Super Bowls, you know, against Kansas City, um, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I know Kansas City is an explosive offense, and maybe a, a ten point lead isn't all that big of a deal. But but he did not play well. I mean, he was he was not running the offense efficiently at that time, and and that's a team that that's kind of it's, it's run first, it's RPO. Um, you know, there's they're they're not asking you you know to throw it all over the field and throw it down the field to win that game. You're up ten. You know, it's it's really about managing that clock and, and burning that clock and. You know, playing the field position game, don't give Kansas City a short field, uh, you know, just like you don't give the Rams a short field on Sunday. So uh, I, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't because when, when you meet them, 
you really like him and you want to cheer for him. And all the guys love him. I mean, he's one of those guys. And you can't say enough about a guy who handled himself the way he did under the circumstances this year when San Francisco goes out and gives up what they gave up to go get Trey Lance. And then it, it doesn't even bother you. And, and you just you stay nose to the grindstone and you keep grinding, you keep working, and you become the guy that leads your team to the NFC Championship game. But then again, that thing comes back and you just – you just can't get over that hump. You can't get your team through it in the fourth quarter. And again, I mean, I think about so many moments in that game yesterday, the dropped interception that probably seals it for San Francisco. And we could talk about Jimmy G and his play down the stretch. Kyle Shanahan uh, has now also coached some, some pretty big blown leads. But I look at Debo last touched the ball with, what, eight minutes to go and never saw the ball again. How does that happen? Yeah, well, you, you, maybe we need to credit the defense of, of the Rams because, you know, you get in those situations and, and, the, and the big cry is, hey, you know, Debo Samuel's not going to beat us today. Let's make somebody else beat us. You know, he's the one guy that we can't let beat us. And, and that's, you know, that's the defensive mentality. Who, who are the, the big playmakers? Who are the go-to guys in the critical moments? And, and don't let that be the person that wins this game. Make somebody else do something. And that, that was the greatness of Michael Irvin because he was our guy that, that you know, rose to the level of the situation and, and wanted the ball at the most critical times. And the defense knows that. And yet they still couldn't stop him. He still made, you know, some of the, the, the biggest plays at the most critical times. Um, so, you know, I think we have to credit, you know, probably the Rams a little bit for taking Debo out of the game. I don't think Kyle Shanahan would get away from him as a play caller because he knows how important he is. But there are some things you can do that are simple, right? We see him on the jet sweeps. You know, hey, if, if – if they're taking away in the passing game and, and Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't feel like that window's there, there's other ways for us to get the ball to Debo Samuel, and he's been awful effective that way. So that, that's the big thing for me is, is in today's game with these wide receivers that are kind of you know, transitioning into these really, really multifaceted, talented guys on the offensive side of the ball, it's not just through the air. I mean, in the, these guys are scheming up plays to get them the, the football in, in an easier way to get them started. And that was one of the things I thought, you know, in, in Dallas's game, you know, to me, one of the most important things they had to do was get CD lamb involved in the game early and play off that emotion that he brings to the game. Um, and, and they weren't able to do that. And, and there's, there's ways to do that. It's, it's not that hard. You know, it, it ha- doesn't have to be a 15 yard completion down the field. Um, you know, give it, give him the ball on a jet sweep, give him the ball on a jailbreak screen and, and let him generate that excitement with the way he plays the game. Daryl, you had to make that agonizing decision as to when you were going to walk away from the game. What What is Tom Brady thinking right now, you think? Hmm. <laughs> Five million dollar question. Um, I think I, I think he's he's in Jason Light's office right now asking him, how many guys can we bring back next year? Where are we at salary cap wise? What is this team going to look like? Do we have a shot? Are we a legitimate contender? Um, I think that those are the things that, that he's trying to figure out right now. Um, because at his age, you know, hey, I said I was going to play till I'm 45, but that's when you're in New England and everything is rolling along. Well, now you've, you've made a change, and, and now you're down in Tampa. And, and you guys kind of pushed everything to the center of the table in the NFC. I mean, you went out, you brought back every starter from that Super Bowl team. You brought back all the specialists, and you brought back, three to five of the key backups. I mean, that was almost the exact same team coming back to defend their Super Bowl title. Um, now they get hit by injuries and some other things happened during the course of the year, but that was a, that was a big thing of why Tom is there. And if he did sign a two-year contract, 
I think his biggest question now is how much personnel are we going to lose? What are we going to look like next season? Do I have the pieces in place around me to really legitimately get back to the to the conference championship game and make a push for one more Super Bowl? The Moose, uh, Daryl Johnston, joining us here on the Blitz Mondays with the Moose. Uh, Daryl, before we let you go, knucklehead question, which I know you kind of expect <laughs> this from me. But uh, Troy Aikman's going to be on the Blitz tomorrow at 5.30 with his new Beer 8 coming out. What's a good Troy Aikman nugget that most of us aren't going to know about, but his friends are going to know? That's safe for you to share with us, to ask him tomorrow. That kind of bl- will blow him away. Oh, um, <laughs> I may have to let me think on this and text you. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, let me think on it, and I'll, and I'll shoot you a text. Um, but I got my uh, I got my little package of eight today in the mail, um, so I've got four uh, four lovely cans of of eight um, that are sitting in my refrigerator right now, uh, and I'm looking forward to having one soon. Uh, get, get them cold; the, the, they're the good. The amazing thing about him, well, yeah, well, the thing with him is, you know, I mean, he is such a perfectionist um, that this has been a two year process for him. He does things one way which is the right way. And, and I really, I really can't wait uh, to have my first sip um, just because I know how much time and energy and effort he's put into this. And, and I know it's going to be outstanding. And, and I am not, I am, a, I am, a, I am a bold beer drinker. I am a stout. I am an ale. I am a lager. Um, I, I am not, you know, the type of beer that this is. Um, but, but I know it's going to be fantastic. I mean, the, the taste of it, I know he's going to figure it out, how to get that bold taste. Uh, with the reduction in calories and carbs. Hey, you know, it's going to be a good beer, and I think about some of those from that, that we've shared at the Friendly Spot. You drink stuff that I don't even want to try, man. You need a fork and knife. <laughs> <laughs> the Friendly Spot. Oh, my gosh. There we go. What a great, what a great little space. Yeah, good stuff. Daryl, uh, will we see you next week in L.A.? No, no, I'm uh, I'm going to be too tied up with uh, with everything with the USFL. We've got some uh, some big dates coming up here, and, Still got a lot of work to do, um, so yeah, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be tied up making sure that we get uh, we get this thing uh, the, the best that it possibly can be. I mean, not only for the fans at home watching on TV, but for the guys. I, I really the most important thing for me in these types of leagues is, is to make sure the guys have fun. And one of the greatest compliments we got, you know, from our guys in San Antonio, they they would tell us this is the most fun I've had playing football since I was in high school. And, and we want we want everybody in the USFL to have that same experience this time around. Uh, so we're working as hard as we possibly can to make sure that uh, that all eight teams in Birmingham have a great couple of a uh, couple of months there through the course of the season. Well, I tell you what, I know we'll talk to you next week as we get ready for the Super Bowl. But as we get closer and closer to uh, kickoff uh, for for the new gig, we'll we'll certainly have you on and absolutely and help spread the word because you know we're kind of angling maybe in year two to have a team here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should be. I mean, there's not a market. There's not a market in the country that deserves that, uh, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, I, I, I will always be grateful to the support we got in San Antonio with our Commanders team, and, and our guys feel the same way. Absolutely, uh, it was it was unbelievable, and and we were the envy of the league. We were the envy of the league. Everybody I talked to, good stuff. Darrell, we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the week. Enjoy enjoy the eight beer. <laughs> Absolutely, and I'll have a nugget for you. Perfect. <laughs> Daryl Johnston, the Moose. Mondays with the Moose, always fun catching up with Daryl. We're way late for the break. Back with more of the Blitz after this here on San Antonio Sports Start. Don't mind the brake lights. We'll get you there. 
San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. Tomorrow we will be on 103.3 FM. Adjust your presets. Add 103.3 to that preset dial. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. On Twitter, he is at JoeKens5. Tweet at me, at Jason Minix. I just saw something on Twitter. Pledge is still here. Apparently, Shoning called in. I don't know. They call in sick, or he just needed a day. As far as I know, Nia today. All right. Well, whatever. Oh, uh, so he's, you're working another marathon day, huh? Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah. And oh. you you were in Houston over the weekend. I was. Were you in Houston when you got the call from Shoning that I he was. needed today? Huh. Good for you. <laughs> it's a long drive into a long day. He's an <laughs> Iron Man, this guy. Pledge for sure. That's the way he likes it. He likes it that so way. I ran into his roommate at the Rue Pub on Saturday. Yeah. And, you know, I had to do shots because she always does. So always, we did, we right? We did one yeah. for Pledge. I met her the other night, too. Yeah, sure did. Good stuff. You were in Vegas the other night while I was at the Rue. I was. I was in Vegas. And uh, it's it, it, always fun to go to Vegas. I mean, come on. How can you not have fun? The right. blackjack tables were not good to me, though. <laughs> they were not. I'm that, just going to put that out there. That, that, that comes with the territory. I know a lot of people that are listening right now are going to go to Vegas in a week. They're they're going to be there for, for Super Bowl weekend. It's crazy. I've been there once for that. It, dude, I I haven't in so long because, you know, well, we go to the Super Bowl every year. In fact, next week we're going to be in L.A. for our big game coverage brought yeah. to you by AA Best Bail Bonds and Texas Cheer Liquor. The the idea of Vegas right now, and I know I'm going in a month, mm-hmm. um, less than a month now. Everybody that I know that's been talking to me about going to Vegas, they want to know one thing. What is the current mask policy? And, and again, I know what I can go find online, but what's really happening? Well, obviously, officially, yeah. right? They've got signs up everywhere that they're required regardless of vaccination uh, status. But... You know, most it's about half and half, Jason. Honestly, most some people were walking around maskless. Some had masks on, and nobody really ever. I didn't wear a mask very often, um, and nobody ever said anything to me except when I sat down at the blackjack table. They require a mask to sit there and play blackjack, but there's no petitions, okay. and you can have a full table. So it's not every other chair. Or it's not every other there. chair. So it's 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 basically all but back to normal. But at least the casino we were at didn't really enforce the mask rule other than at a blackjack table or walking into a restaurant. You got to have it on before you sit down because, you know, COVID's up high. It's not yes. down low. Once you sit down, you're safe. You're safe, yeah. In a restaurant. Uh-huh. It, it, it is interesting. All right, because I know. So when, when you were watching the game in the sports book yesterday, yeah. mm-hmm. were you with the mask or without? Without. Okay, good. I was without. I. I, I Everybody I know that's planning a Vegas trip right now, that that's the what's the mask rule? It, it's what, again, it's what I, you want to do. We know what we can see, right, right, online, but who's been there? I mean, and, people, and when I'm playing slots, uh, no mask, and nobody said a word. That's because so. you're playing slots. Maybe that's it. <laughs> you know, I've gotten to enjoy slots though because there's always that chance at that jackpot. You, ding 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 you, ding ding. You have hit that age group. Man, hey, dude, I, I've hit the age group where I just want to win a jackpot, okay? <laughs> just one. Just one. 
Just one. <laughs> Joe Burrow hit the jackpot yesterday. Dude's going to the Super Bowl in year number two. We'll talk about the Super Bowl matchup when we continue here on the Blitz. It's- Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, the Blitz. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. James Pledger producing as always. Two quick things, Joe. Okay. Set your preset right now to 103.3. I've got it done. This is the last hour of local programming for ESPN on 94.5. Yes. Tomorrow, 530 Troy Aikman's going to be on the Blitz. 5.30 p.m. 5.30 p.m. Yes. Not a.m. Not a.m. Not a.m. Because it's not the Blitz at 5.30 a.m., right? <laughs> two plus two, It's huh? okay. He's I'm, smart. I'm blonde. What can I do? <laughs> that is a blonde joke, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Yes, that was, uh, yeah. That was, that was I, I haven't slept, dude. I was in Vegas over the weekend. Yeah, you want it, me to think straight? Dude, plane flew in at, at 12.20 last night, or this morning. So you were on the 8 o'clock flight. 8 o'clock flight. Out yep. of Vegas. Yes. Is it scary that I know the flight time's out of Vegas? <laughs> no, it's uh, it's good. And you got to get those you know direct flights, right? I mean, because if not, it's an all-day affair. It, exactly. It's crazy. And, whatever. and what I don't understand on Southwest, it costs more to not be on the direct flight. I know. I've That's never, nuts. I, it's like, I'm buying a one-way here, and then I'm buying a one-way there, and they put it all in there. I don't understand the pricing model sometimes on Southwest when one the direct flight might be two hundred bucks cheaper than than the non direct flight. I'm fine with that. Why I, I can fly I can get where I'm going in two hours and twenty four minutes for two hundred and eighty dollars or for four sixty four, I can go to Denver, spend two hours at their exactly. airport bar, and then fly over to Salt Lake City and spend a couple hours at their airport bar. It's got a wonderful view, and then get into Vegas eight and a half hours later. Yeah, it's an all day thing. Why would anybody do that? I don't know, especially if it's more expensive, right? Yeah. Unless the, uh, you know, unless the nonstops are sold out. I guess well, I don't know. My my question is, and I know this is probably going to look bad on me. Okay. When are they going to start serving alcohol again on planes? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, seriously, especially going to Vegas. Well, right, I, you get you have a couple of drinks in the bar at the airport, you're all ready to go, and then nothing. Nothing. For two and a half hours. Now, I think some airlines are serving again, right? In first class. In first class. Yes. All right. I'm too damn cheap. Um, well, Southwest doesn't have a first class. <laughs> Well, it's called a list. You A-list. get in the first eight rows. Does that does that get you a drink? No, but no. you get you get surf faster. Ginger ale yeah. or water. Water, yeah, in the snack mix. Uh huh. That's great. But <laughs> as we learned Friday at Texas Cheer Liquor, you can, in a Ziploc bag, take eight bottles per person of the little 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 one shot bottles, the mixers, whatever you call them. I never heard that before. Friday, then a guy that is a big time listener that works for one of the airlines, not Southwest, said, "No, that's true." So my niece is on her way flying somewhere to go to a wedding. So I told her, "Hey, you know what I learned?" And she was like, "I I didn't know that. I've snuck them on. I just thought I was being cool by uh, getting them through TSA, having yeah. them in my bag." And it, it, but 
she didn't pay a full attention to the part that you got to do whatever you're going to do with those prior to getting on the plane. Don't open them on the plane because they, they frown upon that. Yes, they so do. So she found that out the hard way. So she opened one on the plane. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, the flight attendants aren't, in, you know, I mean, you could probably get away with that, couldn't you? All they told her was, hey, you're not supposed to have that on the plane. Oh, you just can't have it on the plane. Well, you're not allowed to open it and drink it on the plane. As right. she was pouring it into the uh, uh, 7-Up or whatever, right. they had just bought her. Yes. Because she was dumb enough to mix it while while the lady was there while getting the it already. While the was there, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I don't know. I'm just ready for them to do it again. Bring, bring, bring the beer back? I mean, it should be. At least, look, you're going to Vegas. I mean, can't you make an exception for that? No, Joe. Yes, you should. No, because people get stupid on the airplane after they've had a couple of drinks. I guess, but how many drinks did they have before they got on the plane? Well, I, too many of them. I mean, look, we've all seen the videos, right? I mean, uh, of I have never been on a flight where somebody's just lost their damn mind. I haven't either. But there's enough videos out there that you go, okay, this is why we can't have nice things. Are those real, Jason? I saw it on the internet, Joe. Are you sure they're real? Yes. I don't know. Maybe somebody made that up. I mean, a pleasure. He's been that guy. <laughs> he's been that guy. It's the only time in his life he's gone viral. I could see that happening with Pledge. He looks like that kind of guy after a few cocktails. It, he just well, might well, lose Well, it. Pledge's part and problem on an airplane is the kid cannot stand still or sit still for that matter. <laughs> So he's up and down going to the bathroom just to walk around? No, he's just running up and down the and down the deal. I mean, that that's, you know, and, you know, changing seats, talking to people, being a social butterfly, rummaging through people's bags. I mean, Pledge just can't sit there. Right. So he... he... <laughs> rummaging through bags. <laughs> nice. That's what he does. <laughs> See, he's not chiming in because he knows I'm not. He knows. Right. It's true. I mean, you got to know what other people have. You never know if you maybe they ask brought them. some alcohol. Yeah, maybe they did, and you were just wanted a drink. Maybe I forgot my toothpaste, and I was looking to see if somebody brought two. Oh, no! I you can't do that. You can't bring toothpaste on the plane. You can't. No. Who said? It's got to be the little one, right? It no? has to be the well, little. Yeah. One. Yeah, it can't be a big tube of toothpaste. I always travel with a big tube of toothpaste. Dude, I don't know who's checking your luggage. But they're not T doing a very good job. I have TSA pre-check, man. Well, obviously, jeez. I, I mean, you're the guy. I don't have the big thing of shampoo. Well, see, I have to because my my hairspray can is this long, <laughs> and so your hairspray can's I, a small fire extinguisher. I have to check that. Is it still? Do you still wear uh, what was it? A big, big, sexy. <laughs> I never did. Big yeah, sexy. you did. Never. Are you sure? Never in my entire life. What's the name of your hairspray? Tresemme. I don't even know Number what that three. means. Number three. I was going to guess Aquanet. Who no, had, who, no, no. Who had the big can of Big Sexy at training camp? It wasn't me. Was it Chance? Maybe that was Vinny. No. <laughs> it, it wasn't It wasn't Vinny. No, it wasn't me. I, big, come on, dude. I'm, I'm, not, I'm too cheap for that. I go to CVS and get Tresemme, five bucks a can or whatever whatever it is. You get, you, you get the amount of hairspray that you go through, that big old can. Yeah. Because you can't check that. You, you no, walk, that's uh, got to be in a suitcase. It has to be checked. I mean, it has to go underneath. So, so do you always check so you have your hair product, or do you just buy when you get there? Well, <laughs> it depends on how long I'm going. Like, obviously, this trip, you know, Maggie was nice enough to, to take the luggage and check it. But 
you know, she takes a lot of stuff, right? So <laughs> there you go, AD. AD Singh. AD Singh. Yes. His wife uses the same thing. Tresemme. Tresemme. See, he's got the big one that he carries. But they in have his numbers, bag. right? So you got to get the right number. There's a one, two, three, four, and five. Why was, did you stop at three? Because three is is just right. It's like you know Goldilocks and the three bears. It's <laughs> wait, just wait, right, dude. Number one is too hot. What 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 is the strongest number of their five. hairspray? Five. five. Yeah. So you're using a seven. You got a five and a and 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 a two, right? No, 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 no. Five no. and a three. You're going with an eight. <laughs> Dude, a three, Jason. Come on. I can't imagine if that's three, what five must do to your hair because your hair has not moved well, in it, years. Exactly. And that's uh, Tresemme. I'm telling you. Are they a sponsor? They should be. They, they should be. <laughs> Can we get the tr Tresemme? Can we get the Tresemme rep online? Tresemme. Tresemme. Number three. Number three. Yes, let's, let's call that person. So... You covered one time a hurricane. I did. For the fun of it. Well, no, it was, wasn't was for fun. <laughs> it was all hands on deck, but they didn't say, hey, sports guy, you want to go cover a hurricane? You said, I want to go do that. Why no, not? I did. And and we volunteered. Vinny and I went. Uh -huh. And we went down to, uh, was it Cuero? Did your hair Cuero. move? Well, I had a hat on because it was raining like hell. Okay. So I had a hat on, but I had to turn it backwards. Right, so it didn't blow off. <laughs> but you know, it was interesting because I'd never done that as a as a, a TV guy, right? So never covered a hurricane. So it was it was kind of cool. And, and where we were, they weren't expecting much action. But the storm—that's <laughs> why they sent you, right? But <laughs> well, unfortunately for us, guess what? The storm turned in our direction. So we got uh, we got pretty good brunt of that thing. But out of ten o'clock, right in the middle of that dude, and there were like pieces of of. 10 roof flying down so you know at any moment you got to have your head on a swivel so you know but again you would have been fine because the the tesame three would have protected you from any head damage it's tresame tresame three yes, yes. would have protected and i can find this at uh, uh cvs cvs heb one of them high, have it. high level boutiques yeah hair product i places. don't know if they have them at high level boutiques so <laughs> i get the cheap stuff <laughs> But it works just fine. That's hilarious. Well, it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, I like to be neat. No, I understand. Yeah. I've known you a long time. Your hair hadn't moved. It has not. I, I would have guessed that you were wearing more than the number three. No, the three takes care of it. So what does, what's in the number five? I don't know, but it, it's, it's like super glue. Well, because you've got cement right now. <laughs> I mean, you, you, your hair is not going to move. It's not. Well, I mean, you know, it does. Look at it's, that. You just ran your fingers through there and almost broke one of your fingers. It got caught. It's uh, Well, you know, I have to do that. So the flies, I get them out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. You're fun at picnics. You're, you're the guy. I'm that guy. And it's, you know, it's fun. It's, uh, it's you know, it's, I've been doing it so long now that it's it's just kind of part. In fact, I had to go to CVS today. So next week when we leave for Los Angeles. I will have a fresh can. You will have a fresh can. Yes. Dude, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Our, our big game coverage brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds and Texas Cheer Liquor. Because when you are sharing a house with people, you learn a lot about them. <laughs> I'm sure you do. You, you will have between, I don't even know what to think of Michael Jimenez. I, I mean, 
he he's the biggest concern that I have. <laughs> and rightly so. And and, and rightly, rightly so. so, yes. I mean, I had to take him to the house one time. We were leaving uh the Rupub, he was outside. He he had left. Closed his tab and he had left. And then we left, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes later, and he was outside. He he was bitching that the Uber was taking forever. <laughs> he was looking at Google Maps. Ah, there's no Uber on there. There's not. So I just dumped him into our Uber, and he woke up in my guest house. In nice. My, in my guest my guest room. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was at my house, and, and you know, and then all of a sudden, I you know, the, the next day is... You know, as I get up, he got up early and left, but I'm looking at my video cameras and, you know, the, the guy's just completely lost. He's going to be an interesting one because he, he, he wanders. Rudy's Rudy. Yeah. Rob will have a night where he will do everybody's laundry and iron at three o'clock oh, in the wow. morning. Awesome. And he will lose something. <laughs> Don't know if it'll be his wallet, if it'll be the car keys or whatever, but there's yet to be a trip. Where there hasn't been a Rob panic moment. Really? So I get to see Rob panic at least once. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing a cigar with Rudy J, though. Probably right. more than one. Oh, I'm, I, well, I'm not. Rudy? Uh, I'm not a high cigar guy. It's like every now and then. Like I had one in Vegas on Saturday. Nice cigar bar. It was great. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm every once in a while guy. I'm not an everyday cigar guy. Well, every once in a while, every day at the Super Bowl, cause Rudy will, I'm guessing we're, we're going to get back to the house and he will find his way to the back porch and we'll have drinks and we're not going to leave him sitting out there by himself. So no. if we're all sitting outside, uh, having, having a nightcap, uh, we're all going to end up with a cigar. Good. Well, I'm going to bring some cigars too. Have some that I'm going to bring. I'm sure he's going to bring some. And, you know, you and Rob can pitch in, too, if you want. Why would we do that? <laughs> if you're bringing some and Rudy's bringing some. Yeah. You know, I can go over to 1911 Cigars and say, hey, what what should I take? Sure. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting until Thursday. Well, I have some at the house. That's so the just... cigar party. How long have they been? Do you have a humidor? I do. Okay. Yeah, right. I do. It's a small box thing, but I've got a traveling humidor. So for right. a guy that doesn't smoke a lot of cigars, you seem to have a lot of cigar stuff. I do. I do. So you smoke more cigars than you well, are leading on. It's, you know, in the long run, if you just go buy one or two cigars at the cigar place, it's it's more expensive. Yeah. You just So you buy a box. Okay. It's it's kind of a heavy outlay at the beginning. Yeah. But it's like pulling the Band-Aid off. Once I, you get them home, all in there. And you got the humidor. Okay, and it's right. all good. It's I'm, all good. I'm with you. So then whenever I want, you know, you just open up the box if we're sitting out on the back porch or whatever. and I'm It's nice. You. Yeah. Maggie smokes a car? No, she does not. No, she does not. She she does not like it either. I t after I finish the cigar, dude, I'm in the bathroom brushing my teeth. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, or I'm not talking to Maggie. Yes. Yeah, I, t I totally get that. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. Again, tomorrow we'll be on 103.3 FM. Tomorrow we will have Troy Aikman joining us on the Blitz at 530. I'm looking forward to that, man. That is going to be nice. That is that is going to be nice. And we'll get his thoughts on what he saw in the NFC Championship game, another Garoppolo meltdown. Well, maybe he'll have a different 
tone on Garoppolo. Uh, maybe, although we do have former NFL quarterback Clint Sterner joining us in about 12 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on Garoppolo and what, we, what we've seen. But as long as he has been in the league, and I had forgot about the lead they had yeah, that's a, right. against Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Yep. But you think about the leads that he has blown, and I think Daryl Johnston put it best. In fourth quarters, when you need to make the big play, he seems to come up small. Yeah. I, I, I look at the Green Bay game. He made a couple of big throws late, but ultimately the defense blocked a punt and, or special teams blocked a punt and returned it for a touchdown, and the defense kept Aaron Rodgers out of the end zone after that opening drive. They also blocked a field goal, And I they think. blocked a yeah. field goal in, in that game. You know, against Dallas, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> and, and again. Do you want to relive that? No. The idea that this guy has taken an organization to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship game, and they can't wait to get rid of him. Yeah, that is sad. Now, how long has he been in the league? Because he sat under Brady for three years. Uh, I got to find out. Yeah. And he's been with San Francisco and what now? Three. So he's still a relatively young Four, guy, five, I think. Yeah, right? I mean, but but again, though, I mean, the the idea of everything that he has going for him and Bella, I think I think maybe the expectation for Jimmy G is higher because we all know that Belichick loved him and did not want him to leave. Right. He was Belichick would have moved on from Tom Brady because that's Belichick's M.O. is I don't wait for a player to lose everything to try to get rid of him. I'll get rid of him when he still has a couple of years left to get his replacement in. You know, Belichick doesn't let you hang around too long. He wanted to, you know, Belichick did not want to do that deal. No. And so I think the expectation of Belichick loved you, the expectations were going to be so much higher. And then, of course, you talk about decision-making, got the whole porn star thing and all that kind of stuff that still gets brought up today. Hell, Stephen A. was talking about it <laughs> this morning. And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything Absolutely at this nothing. point other than Stephen A. can say porn star on first take? Right. That That's the only thing. But it does go into decision-making. It does. Well, what are you saying? That's a bad decision? I'm just saying when you're the quarterback of a team and you're worried about your appearances... Probably being out with a porn star is um, not the best decision. Maybe Stephen A. shouldn't knock it until he tries it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I've never been out with one personally either, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe you shouldn't knock it till you try it. I don't know. Again. You know, it's easy to judge, right, it, it when is. you haven't done something. Uh, Bateo Franklin says, is Jimmy G the new Jim Kelly? A comment mm. on Facebook. No. No. No, because I don't know that Jimmy G will ever be a Hall of Fame type quarterback. I mean, and Jim, Ke yeah, Jim Kelly was four Super Bowls, right, and lost them all. Yeah, Quinn Hudson, one of our rock the mic champs, and you can hear him on Sunday. Uh, Jimmy G, Josh McDaniels on line one. You know, it is going to be interesting now that you see all the head coaches getting hired. McDaniels now with the Raiders. What does that mean for the future of Derek Carr? McDaniels and Jimmy G obviously have a relationship that stems back to New England. Right. Derek Carr has one year left on his deal. I keep him. I don't bring in Jimmy G. Well, I don't think he will. I think Derek I think he likes Derek Carr. I think they they like each other and I think they're looking forward to that. Um and Derek Carr had a pretty good year 
I mean, he, he didn't have a bad year. Obviously, that Raiders team, uh, from most aspects, overachieved. And I think he was a big part of that. And then again, you know, they were really close, really close to making the playoffs. Really close. Really close. Man. And, and arguably the best game of the year. One of, Certainly one of them. One of the best regular season no games question. of the year. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, soon to be on 103.3 FM. Clint Sterner will join us coming up next. Former Cowboy quarterback now does radio down in Houston on Sports Radio 610. Clint Sterner will get his thoughts on what we saw yesterday in the conference championship games. Predict a perfect score and win $50,000. We want more money. Presented by Beach Tractor. Yes, now and win at sasportstar.com. I would like to thank Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. On his podcast moments ago, Let's Go is the podcast. He said it was a good week for me, but I'm still going through the process. When the time is right, I'll make a decision one way or the other. He has not yet officially or publicly made a decision. So as a sports talk radio show, we get more days and days, maybe weeks (laughs) of speculation. Thank you, Tom Brady. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. Last time, we're going to be on 94.5 starting tomorrow. Find us on 103.3 FM. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix. Former Cowboy quarterback Clint Sterner, now with uh, Sports Radio 610 in Houston, joining us now. Uh, Clint, you think about Tom Brady. I, I, I was a little surprised that if he made a decision, if Shefty was accurate when he tweeted, and I still think Shefty is right, ultimately will be shown that he was right. It seemed like it was too soon after the season for that news to drop. Yeah, you know, that that seems like something that if it were going to be leaked, that um, it would be a more coordinated effort, given the fact that Tom Brady's out here creating Man in the Arena documentaries and all this. I mean, this is a this is huge news, and it's even bigger to him than it is to us for once, right? Usually everything, every movie makes, we care a whole lot more than probably he does. But this is one of those moves where, man, I, I just, when it was first reported, I was like, man, please tell me that CBS Sports and, and, and Schefter at ESPN, they're not the ones that are, that are going to break this, the greatest of all time, retiring. And so, um yeah, man, I just expected it to be a much bigger deal, and so I, I had my doubts uh, originally. Um, but it's, it's. I'm, I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm excited that that Tom's pops and now apparently it's first I've heard of that. Apparently, he has has um, made it official that he hadn't made a decision yet. I'm, I'm pumped for that. <laughs> He's made it official that he hasn't officially made a decision yet. That's public. <laughs> right. 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 But I, I agree with you, Clint. I mean, it ought to be his decision to announce, right? I mean, he's earned that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you got to think. I mean, it, it's like who in who in their right mind calls Adam Schefter and says, "Hey, Tom's retiring." Like, I mean, is that is that the Buccaneers? Is that somebody in Tom's camp? Is that Tom's agent? And if it's anybody in Tom's camp, or you would think the Bucks are in Tom's camp too, because they want they want him to play as long as he possibly can. But who in his world? would leak that to, 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 to any national reporter like that. I, look, I love all those guys. 
But these national reports and all these these per source kind of things, man. I mean, they're getting that. They're really out of control this year with all the head coach stuff. Uh, the head coach, you know, can, all the candidates that are out there, all the jobs that are open. But man, when it comes down to the goat, man, we we got to let that man call a press conference and let him announce it in whichever way he wants to make that happen. Clint Sterner joining us here on the Blitz, Clint. Two games yesterday, both winners were down uh, 21-3 in Cincinnati's case. uh, The Rams down 10 in the fourth quarter against the San Francisco 49ers. And both with uh, interesting quarterback play in the games. I don't know which one you want to start with. Let's start with the NFC. You know, I thought Stafford played a hell of a game. Lucky one wasn't intercepted, made him play on the next one. And Jimmy G, big moments, came up small. Yeah, look, I mean, it's unfortunate. I'm not a Tim, I'm, I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan, and I think it is somewhat unfair to to start every conversation with, uh, you know, his his downfall or his his weaknesses. But hell, I'm going to do it, right? I mean, the first, <laughs> the first the first third down, you know, out of the gate on the first drive, he's got one of the best tight ends in the game open over the middle for a huge gain, if not a touchdown, and he misses him, and that's the story of Jimmy G. When you get to the Super Bowl or you get to the playoffs, typically those are the plays that that determine whether you win or lose cuz everybody's really good. Everybody's got good play callers. Everybody's got, you know, a really good playmaker out there. And if you draw one up to where a guy's wide open and Jimmy G misses him, you know, you 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 can't win ball games. It's ultimately going to bite you in the tail. Now, I will say this, I think both of these games where they're similar is you had San Francisco with a 10-point lead and the football, and they're one of the one of the, the better offenses, if not the best offense in the game, at chewing up the clock. At that point in time, you've got to think San Francisco's going to win that game. you got Kansas City up 11 with a chance to, to, to push it to 14 or 18 and get the ball coming out at halftime. you got to believe that Kansas City's going to win that ball game. And so both of them were were games that I think even after the start, after the opening kickoff, guys, and you get into the end of the, the the late in the first half or even into the third quarter, you can say that you pretty pretty safe turning those games off and predicting the winner. And I'll be dang if they they both games didn't get flipped on their head late, man. We have been blessed with some phenomenal football, guys. Yeah, it's been incredible, Clint. But I got to ask you, you know, we talk about Jimmy G and his mistakes, but Look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes yesterday. That play at the end of the first half, I think, just kind of took something out of their soul because they came out in the second half, and Patrick Mahomes looked like a different quarterback to me. Yeah, that's what that's what a team that rushes three and drops eight guys into coverage, and now you're throwing into a picket fence instead of you know instead of wide open spaces. So, look, I, I think I think you've got. Um, nobody w- could have predicted the collapse of, of Kansas City, but but j- just to, to to put to put a uh, you know a, a bow on what happened to Kansas City, and they do this all the time, but they're so damn good they get away with it. The level of arrogance that the Chiefs play with, particularly offensively, and that Pat Mahomes plays the quarterback position with, ultimately we accept it's bad football, but we accept it because they're so damn good at it, and. When you look at the critical moments in yesterday's game, and I'll only beat this drum because I beat it from day one with with Pat Mahomes. It's it's a hard argument to win because they win so much and he's so good. But last night is it was showcased in a big way. 
the end of the first half, who snaps the football with five seconds on the clock and then throws a pass to your third or fourth receiver in a progression to the four-yard line short of the end zone with two defenders out there to make the tackle. It doesn't get any more arrogant. Nobody does that. As a quarterback, football 101, take the snap, catch the leather, touch leather, and get the ball out of your hand into the end zone. It's either incomplete, you get the field goal, or it's a touchdown. Who does it? Who does anything other than that? The Chiefs. You look at the end of regulation. Pat Mahomes dropped back. He pushes up in the pocket hard. He looks over his left shoulder checking the, the, the pass rush. Looks over his right shoulder checking the pass rush. Who the hell does that? Pat Mahomes does it all the time. He had, They were on the four-yard line, guys. First and goal on the four-yard line, I believe. They ended up kicking a 44-yard field goal after being after luckily falling on a fumble because he ran backwards. And Who it does kind, that? And, and it kind of felt like they knew they were going to score a touchdown. They just didn't want to score fast enough and give Joe Burrow the ball back with any time on the clock. Yeah, I mean, but but it's it's I mean, but Jay, when you get down there as a quarterback, I get all that. You want to eat the clock up, whatever, however you want to do it. I'm fine with that. But you get down there, and it's rule of thumb. You get down there, you're in field goal range, you've got points, the game's going to be tied, you've guaranteed overtime. What you can't do is have a penalty, have a turnover, or take a sack. And I'll be damned if Pat Mahomes didn't do two of the three 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, who does that? A team that thinks that they can just go out there and end the game in overtime. And then in overtime, what happens? Critical moment, he throws the ball into double coverage to about a receiver that's about five foot four into double coverage. Gets away with it all year long, but when you got a good defense out there, you got a corner that bailed underneath it, and boom, the tip the tip becomes an interception. Those are all just a level of arrogance, guys, that they play with that we accept because they're so good, but it bit them last night. Yeah, it certainly did. I tell you what, but you're right. We had some great football the last couple of weeks. All right, I got to ask you about something I know you know something about, and that's the Houston Texans. Who's it going to be, Clint? Is it Josh McCown? Brian Flores? Man, look, I, 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 I would go with Brian Flores. You're talking about a guy that's got experience rebuilding an organization. He won 19 games in the last two years with the, with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he obviously could never figure out the offensive side of the game, but that's something that you could remedy uh, by, by an offensive coordinator hire, I would imagine. I, Brian Flores, to me, is the no-brainer. But the only way, guys, the only way that Josh McCown is in the conversation of finalists, which he is. He's in that bunch. The only way he's in that conversation, the only way you and I and us three can make sense of it, and hell, anybody listening more than likely <laughs> can make sense of it, is that there is an unbelievable personal tie in the building. And that's well documented. Him and Jack Easterby go way back. And there is a tie that has not only gotten him an interview, but it's gotten him three interviews, and now they've announced that he's in the three finalists. And so, for me, I don't know how it's anybody other than Josh McCown if we're reading the tea leaves, but I'm gonna be, I want to be on record of saying that I think the best hire is Brian Flores at this point. I, I agree, although, you know, and it's hard to judge sometimes off of Twitter. The Texans' official Twitter account earlier today said they have completed discussions. Interesting choice of word, not interviews, but discussions with Gannon Flores and McCown, but then Mark Vandermeer, the voice of the Texans, also added in Kevin O'Connell, who's you know kind of busy right now. He's had the first interview, so I don't know if they're close or not close. Are they just trying to add more names to the list for discussions, or is it a discussion, and is that different than an actual interview? 
Well, the fact that we're having this conversation is one of my biggest problems with the Texans. Why, why they make very simple processes extremely difficult for us to even comprehend, much less follow, is beyond me. But the way that I understand it, the dust is settled. The announcement of Kevin O'Connell, which came first today, of the interview, they didn't, they didn't have a date on there. That is in reference to what Adam Schefter broke last week, which was the initial interview happened sometime last week with Kevin O'Connell. Why the Texans waited to the day to drop that information, I have no idea. The second, uh, it's the second tweet that dropped from the Houston Texans organization, so we say it's official when the Texans put their name on it. And, again, I don't know why they didn't say we've wrapped up our second round of interviews for our head coach position, why they say discussions. I have no idea, but since the dust has settled, I believe those are the three finalists for the job. So Kevin O'Connell, unfortunately, he would have been my number one. Unfortunately, I, I believe that he is out of the mix, and the three finalists are Brian Flores, Jonathan Gannon, and uh, Josh McCown, And which, again, I, as I told you guys, I, I, think, I think Josh McCown gets the job somehow, some way, but I believe Brian Flores is who should get the job if you ask me. That is unbelievable that Josh McCown would become a head coach of the Houston Texans. That's crazy to me. All right, I got to ask you this before we let you go, Clint. As far as uh, Deshaun Watson, what's the latest there that you're hearing? The latest we heard was a report dropped last week that they've, they've deposed 13 of the 22 women uh, that, that have, have filed charges, uh, I guess, in, in uh, the civil, civil lawsuits. Um, and they've scheduled – the depositions that, that will take place of uh, Brian Burney, who is a marketing agent that apparently was involved in some of the tweets and, or some of the Instagram messages and calls, and then Quincy Avery, the quarterback coach of Deshaun Watson, which, again, is, is somehow involved in some of the Instagram messages, maybe a sit, setting up some of the massage, th- uh, massage sessions that, uh, that obviously went astray somehow, some way. Um, and and that, that was pretty much it. I mean, they, you know, that's, that's the update. Um, there was a tidbit in there from the attorney that said that uh, one of the women that, that is actually, uh, I, I guess, was involved with between the Texans and some of the scheduling of, of the, the massage therapist, she, she pled the fifth on all of her questions. I don't know why he added that in there, but um, maybe to cast a little bit of doubt on the, on the process. But that's about it, man. I mean, not a lot of clarity to what's going on. I know Deshaun Watson is, is set to be deposed, I believe, late February. Um, which is really the big, I guess, the, the the next domino to drop, if you will, that I think we all need to pay attention to because that's going to tell us that's going to tell us a lot. And I think I think it would be the end end of the depositions, if you will. So, and as you know, guys, it's about a month and a week before the draft. So that's when things will get hot and heavy on the Deshaun Watson front. Well, absolutely. Get, yes. get, get all these to go away so he can get <laughs> traded and be fine. It's just like the owner of the Giants. Nah, man, we would never trade him with all the – oh, wait, nothing legal pending? All right, Deshaun, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, look, I, I, I'm, I, I've been in that camp for a while, Jason, and you guys have covered the game forever. Is All of the smoke about – about a franchise and an owner and a front office not wanting to explain to their fan base how they how they acquired or why they would acquire a quarterback with that in his background. Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback when you factor his age into the mix. Um, and and it, it, boy, if you could get him at somewhat of a discount, and and the first time he won a ball game, that that fan base would forgive you real quick. So I, I think they're going to line up for him uh, once he does once he does get beyond all of all of the, the lawsuits. 
uh, both civilly and, and I, I think you know whatever he's got going on with the with the complaints um, with the HPD as well. I mean, he's got to get beyond all of that. But when he does, man, they're gonna line up at his front door. Yeah, they are, and I think he'd look really good in yellow pants and playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Nowhere near the <laughs> NFC East. Hey, Clint, before we let you go, man, uh, one of your former teammates is going to be on the show tomorrow at 5.30, some dude named Troy. Uh, get, give me a good Troy story that we could tell on the air since you were, you know, working with Troy back in the day. Um, how, did, how did he treat the backups? Well, he, you know, Troy treated me all right, man. I mean, he was the, – the, the first thing Troy did was when it came down to the, the rookie hazing, which I, I wasn't caught in the bad rookie hazing like when, when guys got – we're getting taped to, to polls and things of that nature. <laughs> what, what they wanted, they wanted me to buy the meal one night, and, and I think Aikman knew what my my rookie minimum salary was going to be, so he picked that up. Um, you know, what, the, the best thing I've got on Aikman, other than just playing with with the Hall of Famer and and what that meant to me as a, a young quarterback was was word got back to me that 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 he actually was the one that that uh, connected. Um, with the Miami Dolphins and, and got me a shot up there, which lasted on and off for two years. And so I never would have thought Troy would have uh, would have extended that arm, that that hand up, if you will. After I only spent one year with him in Dallas, and but but he did, man, and it it, it meant a lot to me. And, and uh, to have a Hall of Famer reach out and and keep me employed for a couple more weeks was well, it, it meant a lot. I mean, every, that's about all I can give you. That's PG. I mean, everything else I got to keep under the I got to keep under the hat now. Understand that, my friend. Understand that, Clint. Always appreciate the time, man. We'll talk soon. You got it, brother. Y'all be good, man. Clint Sterner, former Cowboy quarterback, now hosting on uh, Sports Radio six ten down in Houston. Always good, man. I love talking to that guy because you know he's going to tell you like it is. That's great. And, and he's got the skins on the wall too, man. Yeah, I mean, he does. Yes, he does. You, you know, get a, get get some drinks and the stories. <laughs> man, that he was. I'm, I'm sure that he was going to talk about the breakfast sandwich in a very particular way in which Troy had the rookies go bring the breakfast. Sandwiches. Is that PG rated? No, that one was PG. I figured he would. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I promise right. that Clint knows the order by heart. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you. Yeah. I mean, and, and that was a big, there was a, I forget what the place was, but like every position group, like that has told me stories about all the different ways that you had to get the breakfast sandwiches. Now, quarterback room is one thing, but when you're getting them for the defensive linemen and the, and the other linebackers as, as the rookie. Oh, no. I mean, you know, there's a reason, well, a variety of reasons. One, he, he's, he's frugal that way, but, you know, it took a while before Dak could, go buy himself a new car because the amount of money he must have spent on breakfast sandwiches <laughs> his rookie year was incredible. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star. We will be back to wrap up the show. Ryan Eagle is in Vegas. I'm sure he's got some stories that he'll share. Well, we maybe Joe, Joe Theismann leaked the name of the Washington football team. Oh, we have that? We do. So we've got breaking news? We could have breaking news if you believe the internet. What does he say? He says the commanders. That's what I'm afraid of. I've yeah. heard that from a couple That's people. That's going to happen on Wednesday, by the way. New uniform design and all that. It looked real good on Deshaun Watson. Does that mean I just can't wear my commander's gear anymore? You may not. People will mistake you as a Washington <laughs> Dude, football team fan. Get a rash just thinking about that. <laughs> Man. So Joe Theismann leaked it. Of course yes, he did. Of course. Of course. 
It was Joe Theismann. We'll talk about that as we continue here on The Blitz. Hey, Alexa, what's for lunch? San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. Do me a favor. Go to, in, in seven minutes, go to 103.3. Seven minutes. And lock that in. Because tomorrow morning, we're going to be on 103.3 FM and 94.5 is going to have hip-hop. And you're going to hear stuff like, we, 94.5. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear that. You want to hear Rob and Rudy. Exactly. At 7 o'clock in the morning. But don't do it now because you're going to miss the final segment of the show. And you don't want to do that. No, because because we are going to hear from Tom Brady on his podcast as soon as Pledge gets it ready. I mean, Pledge is doing yeoman's work right now trying to get this done. So we, you know, hopefully he'll have it done before we end the show. He's ready to go. Tom Brady on his podcast saying he's not retiring. Well, I think the point is there's no really rush for me to to figure out what's next. Um, You know, I'll know when I know. And um, it's too, it's a day after the season. So I think for all of us, you know, we can all decompress a bit. It's been six straight months of football every day consumed by, uh, you know, day in and day out football. And I think now it's just some time to spend some time with my family. You know, that, you said with, that a week you know, ago. I want to know what you said now because you've had a week. It's not the day after. And, you know, I do believe Shefty was right. Well, maybe he was, but maybe give give Brady a chance to go on vacation. You know, go hang out on the island somewhere and chill and relax and spend some time with your family and then make a decision, then talk with the Bucks and see what they're going to do and what kind of team they plan on bringing out. I mean, there's no reason for Tom Brady or Adam Schefter or anybody else to say he's going to retire right now. He's got plenty of time to their, make that call. Their job is to break news. Yes, in a perfect world, Tom should be able to call a press conference and make the announcement himself and not have somebody scoop it. But in the world in which we live in, um, you don't, you, you're not afforded that luxury. I'm okay with Schefter scooping or uh, re- releasing the story, but I mean, get it right. I mean, if, you know, what are we going to sit here a month from now and, and say, oh, well, you know, a month ago, Schefter was right. Yeah, Schefter, no. Schefter is going to be proven right at some point. Well, Although, knowing Tom Brady the way I think we all feel like we know him, he's going to come back now just despite exactly. Adam Schefter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that is exactly what what's going to happen. So uh, we will see. And, boy, you spent all weekend in Vegas. You fly in late last night and... Did three hours of radio. Now you got to go to the TV station. And... TV station, yeah. Well, yeah, young young kids like me, we you know we can do that. Party all weekend, come back work all Monday. It's not a problem, Jason. That's what happens. That's you know young fellows like me. Sure, that's what happens. Troy Aikman on the Blitz tomorrow at five thirty. Cannot wait for that on one hundred three point three FM and AM twelve fifty. Yes, both of those. Or Facebook. Or Facebook. Or YouTube. But 103.3. Go lock your presets. You can do it now. You got our permission.